Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. How's everybody? Lines open at 1850-104-106. You can text 086-8104-106. There's even a mention of Hurricane Epsilon uh, perhaps uh, joining us for a spell next week. We'll worry about that next week, Zavilla says. Absolutely ridiculous, the traffic out there this morning, Neil. The height of madness, having all of these checkpoints, stopping school runs, stopping construction workers, stopping other essential workers. Smashing plan, isn't it, for the next six weeks by our government to delay the very people they are telling to travel for essential work. And I have cobbled together, or at least the gang have, a load of uh, checkpoints from this morning that led to uh, quite an amount of backups uh, and traffic snarl-ups this morning on all sides, north, south, east uh, and west. Just a couple of calls and then we'll come back to all other business then because I don't want to keep people too long. I've also been sent photographs of backups traffic just sitting there waiting to arrive at the Garda checkpoint to be asked by the Garda where you're going, what you're doing, where you're coming from. Maggie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And can I say thank you for coming on air because I do appreciate it. You've got a busy day. Uh, what happened this morning? Um, I left y'all at about five to seven and uh, my daughter goes to school in Cork City because I'd normally go to work in Cork City myself when I'm off this morning. And... Um, so the checkpoint started, I suppose, past Middleton Roundabout. Well, the, the backlog started past Middleton Roundabout. And two hours later, I got to the checkpoint, which was one poor little young guard. I'd say he was only out in nappies. He wasn't stopping anyone. God help us. I'd say he was terrified. He was just looking around. And the traffic was going through at that stage, obviously. He wasn't stopping anyone. But um, absolutely ridiculous. I mean... This is not your. This is not the same as the last lockdown. We have construction, we have schools, we have factories, we have shops all open still. So you're going to have a big, you know, backlog of traffic in the mornings as per normal. So I don't understand why they're doing checkpoints at half past six in the morning when all the traffic is on the roads. Maybe know? it's just because it's the first day, uh, just to give people an indicator of how things will be even though they might just do it today and ease off you know what I mean like an early warning system kind of a thing I was actually going to ask the guard I was going to say look I'll be going to work from tomorrow so will this be standard because otherwise like Jesus I'll have to leave at about quarter to six to get to work so you it, took you two, it took you two hours then this morning. Um, two hours just we, to get from Middleton to pass the, the checkpoint, which wasn't the checkpoint because he wasn't even stopping anyone. Okay, so that was... Uh, what happened then when you got, say, to Dunkettle? Did you come anywhere near that? Dunkettle? Uh, no, I actually came through the city. So oh, okay. It's okay. perfectly clear after that. So why, why have a guard there um, leading to traffic congestion if he's not stopping anybody? Oh, he's not stopping. Actually, a friend of mine rang me about, I'd say, 45 minutes previous, and he said he's actually he said he's not stopping anybody. He's just leaving everyone through. I think it was just, uh, you know, I I I think that they realised that they fucked up basically by doing it at that hour of the morning, and they kind of they had all the the cones out and stuff to continue. Do you know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Okay, so what are you going to do tomorrow? Leave extra early or what? I mean, I work in Marymount, so I'm going from Yard to Marymount. I have to drop my daughter to school. To my mum's in the city, so it's going to take me. If I if I leave any later, then I'd say quarter to six. I won't get to work on time. All right, well, go and have a nice cup of tea. Now it's good for the heart rate and it's good for the blood pressure. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, I want more than a cup of tea. (laughs) All right, thanks, Maggie. Peter, good morning. 
Good morning there. Drives a truck for a living. Same area, was it the N25 coming in from the east? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'm over 30 minutes in an hour and I'm still nowhere near cold crap. Nowhere near, like. So there is a guard of presence, though, although they're not um, they're not asking anybody or stopping or chatting with people, no? No, fellas are telling me who are in front of me. There are other trucks that they're just, fellas are coming off the roundabout, uh, up to the roundabout, coming around and coming back down, and they're not even asking. What's the point of the, check, the checkpoint if they're not even asking where where people are going. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's kids in school uniforms here now and other cars and there's buses there with kids on them. The kids are, uh, parents are dropping kids to school. They're going to be late. As that woman said there, it's not the same as their first lockdown. Do you know what I mean? There's construction workers, kids still going to school, manufacturing, there's a lot more manufacturing still operating. Schools were all out and in the morning a lot of the traffic is school related. Last time round there weren't schools, they were all out. And it says here that you tore strips out of a traf- out of the traffic core, what's that? Are we, yeah, did you I ring them? Rang them? I rang them, yeah I rang them, well I rang Ballin Colleague, no one answered, surprise surprise because Ballin Colleague goes straight to Grand Gra- Gra- or Garda Station and so myself and that guard had a few words I told him it was a disgrace. And he said, it's not their fault. They're only doing what they're told. Do you know what I mean, you know? I said, well, the guard at Traffic Corps had to sit down with whoever was organizing the checkpoints and put in their input into the into the checkpoint situation, right? And they should have turned around and said, here, come here, lads. We're going to have a lot more traffic on the road now. Should we really be starting at that hour at the morning, like? Yeah, so the but... Traffic I- Corps just to blame is, as any TD, uh, and he said to me, "Ring your TD." You know, if you have a problem with it. I think this is the last thing that the guards want to be doing themselves. They're probably as fed up about the proposal as you are. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, notwithstanding well, uh, you're uh, stuck uh, in traffic. Yeah, I mean, all right. I drive a truck for a living, right? There's like how many trucks have been stuck in this this morning, right? We have restrictions on the amount of time we can drive uh, oh, in, yeah. in the day, and the whole lot. Some of these lads don't will be stuck for breaks. Right, because they've come from Wexford, maybe Wicklow. They've come from all the the east of the country, right? So they're getting the cork, they're getting the cork after driving three hours, maybe three and a half hours or two two and a half hours, looking to take a break. There's nowhere for any truck driver from Middleton to to Cove Cross to take a break if they have to know. Because you're obliged by law to do that, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. and uh, some of these some of these lads mightn't even make a home tonight because they're using their drive time going inch by inch on the road so they'll have to sleep out in the truck tonight. Okay, so right now you're still stuck though? I'm still, I'm still, I'm nowhere near Cove Cross. No, I, I'm at the Carrick Tool, the Carrick Tool, first Carrick Tool turn off there at Four. So you're it's stuck with other people trail. in trucks and in Arctics and school buses and parents trying to get to work with the tra- also trying to get their kids to school right now? Yeah, yeah, okay. and then you have people people on their phones here now and uh, what's going to happen there they're going to end up going up the back of someone okay. do you know what I mean and what's going and it's going to cause chaos there then again on the phones while oh, moving while moving like All they're right. only moving inches like do you know what I mean you know okay. it's an absolute disgrace I know I know that the guards only have a job to do but that's like uh, when, when you're asked to sit down like these things didn't, they didn't wake up this morning at 7 o'clock and say let's throw a checkpoint down there for the crack right they, they know, and they've had meetings about this, right? They've developed a plan, right? So somebody had to sit down and, and 
putting his hand up and say, do you know what, no lads, it's going to be mental. All right. Come on and shout, let's hold it off. And it certainly has turned out to be that way. Okay, Patrick, thanks for the update. Uh, traffic of the N25 is awful. It's taking so long. All approaches to carry tool are completely screwed up. Uh, the N25 westbound is mayhem as well. Large queues. And big delays in ovens heading to Ballancolic. Guard a checkpoint and Ballancolic bypass. What's the point in it all? It's only delaying working people. They're the only people that are out. Avoid cove and carry tool. Checkpoint to the roundabout. Whole place is gridlocked. Um, if the, I mean, maybe the checkpoint should be later on in the day when they might be trying to find uh, the people who shouldn't be out and about. But people who are out and about, by and large, in the morning have damn good reasons to be out and about. Uh, cove, carry tool checkpoints in the roundabout, the whole place is gridlocked. Why are they getting in the way of essential travel? What's the point in having the schools open if you can't get there on time? Here's more checkpoint in Inishannon. Traffic backed up. It's a joke doing checkpoints near at the busiest times of the morning. I gotta agree with you there. Just finished a 12-hour shift nursing. Sitting in traffic. A uh, bit of a joke of a time. Uh, for all, all for optics. This is just about optics. Ridiculous carry-on having them there at this time of the morning. Uh, people travelling to work. Dr- kids dropped off to school. It's just a joke. People get up at 6 in the morning just to drive around. Uh, they're they're they're, uh, they're going to work, wake up. That's an interesting one. Are, are the checkpoints there because they think that people are getting up at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning just to have an old scove around the place in their car? In Charleville, it's become a, it's become a permanent checkpoint on the border with Limerick. We have to put up with it all of the time. Uh, N25, uh, disgrace, people trying to get to work, putting up with this kind of crap every morning for the next six weeks. I don't think so. Where do they think we're going at 8 o'clock in the morning? Another one, this is bloody ridiculous. It completely undermines the efforts schools are making. They brought in staggered drop-off times, but now, given everyone's stuck in this kind of crap, we'll all arrive at the school gates in a panic at the same time. Took me an hour to get to Little Island. It's a 15-minute trip normally. Uh, Okay, and we'll come back to more of those throughout the course of the morning. Bernadette, good morning. Good morning. Uh, This is bad, bad, bad. I'm seeing an awful lot of photographs being sent by people from their mobile phones. Go ahead. I'm stuck in traffic. Uh, Not far from that lorry driver, I'd say. I'm, I'm on the road. I'm usually in school for 8.30 in the morning. I'm not even as far as Cove Cross. Now, I work in a special needs school. Uh, there's a bus coming in from East Cork with uh, a lot of the kids in the school. And if I'm stuck in traffic, they're stuck in traffic. Not to mention the bus is coming from the other areas. And this is very, very distressing for them. You know, it's distressing for me. Not to mind say it's distressing for them. What effect will and it I have just, on you? Like, but what actual effect will it have on your students? And, and because routine's important to them. Very important to them. And a lot of them are collected quite early because they collect a few people. And this is going to be very distressing for them. And I'm just, I'm appalled that I'm not even as far as Cove Cross yet. And it's now 9.20, which is the official starting time in our school. What, what the, many of the um, texters this morning and those communicating with me are saying is, why are they doing this at this hour of the morning and for the last two or three hours when the people that are on the roads have legitimate reason to be on the roads? Absolutely. I have a letter from the school. I'm going to work. Wouldn't it be an no. awful lot worse, though, if the school bus with your special needs kids arrives and you're not there? Well, I don't think it will because I'm always on the road before then. 
Um, but uh, uh, hopefully people that work closer or live closer to the school will be there. But won't you also, just in a bigger, I'm just thinking out loud here, there's a bigger picture also. Think you could have lots and lots of students who do get to school today and tomorrow and no teachers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I, I was not prepared for this this morning. So therefore, you know, all these cars around me, neither were they prepared. Anxiety is running high. I'm the mother of a teenage daughter. Anxiety is already running high uh, amongst school children all over the place. And, you know, that uh, rubs off on parents. And I can imagine that there's a lot of distress in all these cars around yes, me this I morning. Know, I know. Before I know. anybody gets into work or before any child starts their school day. Try and stay as calm as you can because you're, there's a lot of people in it the same as you. So, you know, you're not I isolated. Know. As you could just take a look around you, you'll see it yourself. I know that. And, I, you know, I'm just, um, I suppose I, I didn't expect to get on the air. Uh, not but I'm just delighted to be able to express my view on this. And can I just ask you before I let you go, you don't have any indication after midterm whether teachers and schools will actually go back. Has anybody said anything about oh. that? Absolutely none at all, no. I have no okay. comment to make on this all at all. Right. Yeah. Okay, thanks Bernadette. Cheers, take care. Amy, good morning. You were talking to a guard in traffic, was it? Yeah, so I was just approaching an area where the guard was there, so I, I got caught in a tailback. I ended up swinging around trying to find alternative routes, back roads. Where? Um, uh, around the N25 area. Okay. Um, so I, I approached the guard and he was stopping. I said, he said, I said, I'm going to work the same as everyone else this morning. He asked if I had a letter. I showed him the same. Um, and I said to him, I said, look, is this going to be the same thing every single morning? Because, you know, everyone has to get to work. I said, I'm, I'm extremely late as it is. Yeah. And he said, look, he said, whatever uproars that you can make, he said, he said, "Whatever, whoever you can get on to, get on to everyone possible. He said, this is an absolute joke. He said, every single person is late. They don't know if they're going to be out there every single morning. And if he has to stand out there every single morning, he would almost consider quitting his job. Were it his exact words to me. So he said, people, make some noise about this. Yeah. He said he'd yeah, quit the guards if this, noise. he said he'd quit the guards if this is the kind of stuff he has to do. Did he say he was disgusted? Yeah, yeah, I know he said it's an absolute joke. He said it's, it's ridiculous and I can't go on. You see, they miss, they miscalculated, if, if you like, because, um, there are more and more people deemed as essential. Um, the schools are also open, so there's a lot more traffic in the morning, legitimate people trying to go about their work and, uh, their, their yeah. different journeys, you know? No, it's, it's ridiculous. But like, even for a guy to say it himself, like that he doesn't want to be out there, he knows it's, you know, absolutely ridiculous. Well, fair play to him for at least acknowledging that. Okay, and people are making noise. Thanks, Amy. I hope you get there at some stage. Uh, are you moving? I'm, I'm, I'm just, just there now. Yeah, so just, just heading in the door. Off you go. All right. Take care. Thanks, Bye. Amy. Have a good day today. Interestingly, just talking about it from a guard's perspective. A texter here says, uh, "I sat at the kitchen table this morning with my son, who's a member of the guard force, when we heard on the news about guards patrolling the beaches, guards patrolling the parks. He said, "Is this what I signed up to?'" harassing people who need to get some fresh air, clear their heads, maintain their sanity. He went on to say that he wouldn't do it if he was asked to patrol a beach. Luckily for him, he won't be in that role, but he does think it's disgraceful. I said that uh, maybe it's just for parties on the beach, uh, just to try and cheer him up. But he said, who knows what it's about? We don't know. The lawmakers don't know. 
he went on to tell me that there is a terrible despair and demoralization in the Garda force. His father was in the force before him and it's all he ever wanted to do, like his dad, be a guard. I'm sending this to ask people, if you're stopped by the guards, remember, they're only doing their jobs and they're also sick of this, just like you and I are. Are, I should say. Interesting text to 0868104106. Keep them coming. I'll stay with the phones for another couple of minutes. Patrick, good morning. Morning, Neil. Oh, okay, yeah. so um, is this on checkpoints or is it uh, on comparisons between now and March or what? Maybe a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, it looks like uh, the, the static checkpoints, which is the Commons Road, Tivoli, N25, are all the same as March. And then you have roaming checkpoints as well. Um, I, 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 as you said, and as that texter text in, they don't want to be there either. And the reason that guard on the N25 is just waving cars on, they've probably got a hundred calls, if not a thousand calls, into stations, and they're just leaving people go. Um, they, it's the same thing how Neil happened on the N7. Are you expecting uh, then that at some stage this morning, maybe right now, there is a, an emergency meeting to revisit and review this carry on? Well, that 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 would be a management uh, the thing, and that would be come from from either localized. Uh, I'm guessing it's happening everywhere, uh, all around the country. But um, I would be guessing it come from the castle uh, down. That yeah, no, but know, be, no, I mean there'd be a, a lot of different people involved in it, inclu- including um, the road tra- the road traffic core of the Garda Shikana. Yeah, so so roads policing will 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 do that, but 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 also it's the regular member on the beat as well doing it, and you have different stations standing there for for a couple of hours and taking them away from general policing. But at well. six, at seven, at half six, seven, and half seven in the morning, where do they think the people on the roads are going? I left the corp at six, and there's roaming checkpoints that are already but that point. That would be fine, or maybe even acceptable at ten or eleven o'clock. But like, yeah, no, and and and, and they, they, these checkpoints do. Give, uh, I, I totally understand people waiting in traffic and all that. These checkpoints do give uh, guards to to see different things, like the drug seizure in in Fairhill last night, um, non insured drivers, all that. But there's technology in place now that allows guards not to stop every car, so you don't you won't see many checkpoints. So, yeah, that, no, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, these checkpoints are not about these checkpoints are not about uninsured drivers or drug seizures. That's of little consequence to people who are still trucking stuck in traffic at half oh, nine no, in the morning. But the checkpoint, nonetheless, no matter what it is, is still a crime prevention type of checkpoint. But that's not the reason why they just need to relook at where these checkpoints are play, replay, placed now and see in in 24 hours will we have the same checkpoints. Or will this end with the schools finishing on Friday? Um, maybe. Maybe when the schools are out tomorrow. For what, a week is it? Although I have a funny feeling they won't come back. But that's just, that's just I, what I think. And, 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 and I don't know, did you hear Stephen Donnelly this morning, Neil? I did. But he, he, was, he was talking about um, uh, regions opening up uh, faster going on cases. So that would be great to see as well. If, if us as a region can get, get, get cases down, we could open up sooner. Who knows? Who knows? I'll let you go. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. Just dropped my child to school in Carrick Tool. I live around two and a half kilometres from the school. It's taken me well over an hour and a half to get there and back. The checkpoint has been set up at Cove Cross Roundabout this morning. The N25 has been closed and all traffic diverted up the slip road so that you end up going through a checkpoint. It's because it's been diverted over a slip. Fair enough, I thought. New restrictions are in and they're checking everyone. Uh, They're checking nothing. Five guards standing around doing feck all. I contacted the guardie. The woman on the phone there was lovely. 
couldn't be nicer. She advised me that this will be taking place every morning this week. The traffic is backed up as far as Middleton on the N25. It is back. Uh, it is back the roads, the back roads, all of them. Middleton Cove, nothing moving. Do they not realise people are still having to travel to work to bring kids to school? There are a lot more places open from the previous lockdown. And this just does not make sense, especially when you reach the checkpoint and they're not checking anything. It's a pity the guards were not as visible when there wasn't a pandemic. Then our crime rates would have been lower. Typical response to this whole mess from the government, not thought through and ineffective. Apologies for rambling, but like many other people listening to you this morning, many of them in traffic, my blood is boiling, says Stephen. Um, Take some consolation from the fact that the guards, or at least a proportion of them, probably a high proportion of them, are just as annoyed as you are. And this is interesting because I wondered if anybody would pick up on Micheál Martin's tweet last night. Uh, I was following the... Uh, comments under his tweet where he was saying this evening as we think about the next six weeks of increased restrictions at level five we just need to remember that we're doing this to protect our families and the most vulnerable in our communities we will come through it and we will see each other again he got absolutely savage when he put that up actually and a lot of people were really annoyed at the hashtag that he had after it hashtag lockdown eve is there any need for that? The night before he introduces restrictions that will shatter the livelihoods and mental welfare of a couple of hundred thousand people, he tweets this message and signs off with hashtag lockdown eve. Like this is some sort of a joke, Texter says. You'd expect it out of a guy like Varadkar who loves this sort of thing, but I thought Michal would be above this sort of carry on. You think with all of the money they waste on special advisors that somebody would advise him against this kind of nonsense tweeting? I guess not. This is beyond belief. I genuinely can't remember, Neil, the last day I've checked social media and the government haven't embarrassed themselves or messed up again. And that by text to 0868104106. And on top of all of that, they have messed up again with the collapse of contact tracing. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. It would appear that other countries have the same annoyance with politicians as we do. A buddy of mine sent me a, a quote with a, a meme there in the last couple of days from a Polish author, a novelist, who said... The vaccine, the COVID vaccine, should be tested on politicians first. If they survive, the vaccine is safe. If they don't, then the country is safe. And that's from Poland. But the um, uh, collapse of the contact tracing system makes all of the papers today. Tishuk isn't happy with it. Apparently, he was uh, he was told about it by text, but had no advance warning. He's saying it's a front pager in the examiner this morning. It also makes the front of the independent. 10,000 close contacts slip the net in testing debacle. You know what that's about, don't you? Where thousands of people who test positive were asked to contact their own people that they were in close proximity to tell them because the system is overwhelmed. Ireland starts a six-week level five today uh, with a breakdown of the HSE's contact tracing system. Um, But there is an interesting story in the Sun where they speak of uh, 3.2 million euro being spent uh, given the money to a recruitment company that was hiring crucial contact tracing staff on zero-hour contracts and they've been paid 3.2 million by the HSE since the beginning of the pandemic, according to the Sun today. Um, but so, so this is a big issue, really. Um, you know, with people who uh, were in contact with others, they tested positive, and they've been asked now to get in touch with all the other people themselves. So you don't know whether that will even ever happen, and also you don't know how compliant people will be anymore, particularly this time around, because people are a lot more. I suppose some would be, you know, used to it at this stage, and I mean, you could use the word. 
people will be a lot more crabbit this time around, I suppose. Mind you, I did get a text saying, the Garda are checking this time in the morning because that is the time that the snaky non-conformers will be trying to get through first thing in the morning to whatever destination they shouldn't be going to. But also, Neil, I hate to say it, but the Garda did sign up to do all that are expected of them. Um, you know, and that can be any job they're told to do. Today is like Christmas, but tomorrow it shutters down. Uh, that was the comment that makes the examiner this morning from businesses who are closing up in, in the city and suburban towns and satellite towns and country villages all over Ireland. But the front of the echo says, we can beat the virus. Uh, Gardaí urging businesses and residents at this time as well, particularly to those of you that businesses, to make sure that your premises and properties are secure because they're worried that there will be a spike in burglaries and thefts. Uh, you know, for properties that are empty and unguarded. Uh, meanwhile, uh, hefty house party fines are now in place and also for people who break uh, the COVID five kilometre rule. But for the party, it's interesting because the guards don't really know what to do because if you don't answer the door, there's nothing they can do about it. I mean, that's kind of bizarre. There's a house party and there's loads of people in there. The guards call, they're banging on the door. They can only fine you or empty the house if you open the door. If you don't open the door, they're powerless. They have no legislation. There's a problem within our schools as well. The mail telling us that the outbreaks in schools has quadrupled in the last 14 days. What does that mean uh, for schools staying open after um, the midterm, I wonder? And that's a story from the Mirror today. And, of course, that gym owner in Dublin, uh, this is uh, Westside Gym in Blanchardstown, welcoming members today despite being deemed um, a non-essential service. Uh, this gym, owned by a guy called uh, uh, Philly McMahon, says, we need gyms and I'm staying open. Uh, there are other stories that aren't necessarily coronavirus related, but poss- possibly as a consequence uh, of coronavirus. And that is the widget in cans of Guinness. I imagine those widgets must be made in China because Guinness have run out of them. So they've come up with the plan B, which many people are saying, front page of the mirror this morning, means that the cans of Guinness are flat. The widgets just aren't as effective, apparently. Six billion's been wiped off the Irish tourist economy in 2020. God knows what it'll be like with regards to 2021 and lack of bookings. And even um, the staff that we have fighting COVID on the front line, that's a worry because the mail this morning says that the NHS is continuing to try and poach are COVID fighters. And that's a story regarding doctors and nurses and clinicians. And that's interesting what the, what the Pope is saying now, isn't it? With regards to giving his backing to same-sex unions. Uh, while at the same time, did you know that Poland and Fromoy, a town in Poland and Fromoy were twinned? Um, and apparently the town that Poland is twinned with uh, is an LGBT free zone. It's the town of Nawa Deba. So, from all I've had enough of this carry on with regards to this town being an LGBT free zone, so they have cut ties and they are no longer twinned with the town. Um, you know, there's spate, particularly during uh, the last six months of thieving of people's pets, particularly dogs. Um, you know, with the last lockdown, everybody wanted a pet and a puppy and it led to an awful lot of pet thievery. Story in the Echo today says dog thieves could be sent to prison for 10 months under legislation currently being processed. And when I read that this morning, I said, what? You mean thieves up until now aren't going to jail for thieving? I mean, what's the difference between somebody thieving, uh, you know, shoplifting and somebody thieving your dog? Actually, I must come back to that because I saw what looked like to me the preparation for a bit of shoplifting yesterday. What I observed inside in the city when I was sitting in my car, just 
somebody was in town with me and they were just picking up some dry cleaning and I was just sitting there watching. But I will come back to that. Um, and then we have lots of photographs in the papers of um, people in pennies and queues and stuff like that, but also a worrying one where former Debenham staff clashed with removal van workers uh, who were trying to take the stock out of uh, a Dublin store yesterday, and this is a story that makes uh, this morning's mirror. There are a lot of other stories. Just on a, on a, on a lighter note, you know the way uh, lots of things that are labelled incorrectly have to be changed? Well, the latest one now that's um, apparently suffering the wrath of the European Union is vegan or vegetarian sausages. It's fine that they have no meat in them, but apparently you can't be calling them sausages anymore because sausages are a meat product. It's a bit like back to the bendy bananas from the EU from years ago, um, where the EU were trying to control the bend in the banana. Now they're saying that vegan sausages or anything that is plant-based and non-meat must be called a tube. A tube. T-U-B-E, no longer a sausage if it hasn't meat in it. It must be called like a, like a, um, I'm going to get a large pack of plant-based tubes, please, for my breakfast kind of thing. Anyway, we'll come back to all of that and lots more besides. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. And Louise got in touch yesterday by text. Louise, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And you said, I've always been a loyal listener and the day has come that I can't bear to even hear your voice. Correct. Why? I think um, you've always put a platform out there. You're in a position to do so for highlighting issues, which you've always done. But I think since the last lockdown, every day it's either vaccine, it's the narrative, it's pushing. And I think there needs to be a balance. And where I'm coming from, there's so much aggression out there in society. People are turning on each other. Now, if you go back over history... This is what the establishment want. They want to cause division, divide with their citizens. It's playing out in front of us. You cannot, for anybody out there that suffers with underlying health issues and are genuinely exempt or cannot wear a mask for health issues, you walk into a store like I do and the looks you get, they run to the other side of the aisle. I experienced it last week in Aldi's. The staff are fantastic there. A few shops you're limited to because people literally run away from you. They're nudging each other. Look at her. Um, Because I I am talking to you, Louise, as a genuine person who cannot, for medical reasons, wear a mask. Let me just clarify that. I suffer with a life-threatening disorder. Thank you. No, I just wanted to... Okay. Yes, and I carry all my medical documents with me, and I carry my medical card. I wear a bracelet even before COVID. And I I had to learn to live with this because I could go to bed tonight. I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow if I suffer an episode. Um, So it took me a good few years to deal with that and I'm quite upset because Mm. (laughs) it's very hard in society at the moment Mm. to see so much anger and aggression from people jumping off the sides of the street when they see you without a mask. And it's also soul-destroying to see people turning on each other. And I was always um, brought up, you know, to be kind to people to speak my mind, but even outside of my, ho- my myself, to see what's going on in society. And you have to say to yourself, where is intelligence gone? Am I the only one that can see discrepancies all along the way, even outside of myself? Can Where is the logic? Where is the intelligence? You know, intelligence has to prevail. 
one shop can open, another one can't. Big corporations can stay open. All businesses are being run into the ground. The elite gyms can stay open. And for mental health, normal gyms can't stay open. The same with hairdressers and barbers. And just even to experience going up for a pint of milk to a shop. Mm. I experienced an episode last week. Um, the staff know my local shop. They're very kind. But there was one particular girl in there I can't name. She was Polish and I got tackled. I had to take out all my documents, my photographs of my condition. And even before COVID, I always, I'm very conscious and I'm very aware and I look into things, I research things. I don't just take it hands down from the media. I always look into things. My late father was the same. You always stand up for your beliefs and to see society and to see us Irish citizens literally were under house arrest and that nobody can see what I can see and there's many more out there like me. There's no balance in society and that's not our fault for some people are on one side of the fence, some are on the other. It's because of all the confusion from government, from Netflix, um, you know, none of it. There's just no logic and you have to say, where is the intelligence gone? And Neil, you're an intelligent man. You know, intelligence has to prevail here. You know, Leo Fracker coming out and saying, oh, don't touch the doorbell, the knives and forks can catch it. I know people, sorry for getting upset. Yeah, I know. I know, I know people are. this minute that they're afraid to eat, they're losing weight. I have a son who's suffering mental health in Belgium, who I can't get to at the moment. And my daughter just gave birth in Belgium just recently, last Saturday night. And she had to go through labour with a mask. And I'm heartbroken for all the people out there that's pregnant and that have to go through labour. What's what's um, the better What's the better way? What I'm saying is there has to be a balance. There has to be an open debate on RTE, because RTE, to be fair, has been pushing the narrative. There has to be an open debate with all the scientists and doctors that have been shut down because they expressed their concerns when there is no need for a lockdown. You know, we've we've gone through flu seasons, after flu, flu season after flu season. And if you think about it, when we have a flu season every year, thousands have died. You know, uh, even not thousands, no. Hundreds and, and hundreds. Yes. But if you look at it, did you see people when they had the flu? Did you see them singing happy birthday, wearing a mask? You know, there's so much fear out there. And I've seen so much fear and aggression at the moment. It's very sad to see because you can't see people smiling anymore. They jump off the path or oh, keep your distance. And it's worse for people that like myself and, and there's people out there that can't wear them. And even before COVID, even if if this wasn't going on at the moment, I genuinely would not be complying. When people are healthy, why would you be locking down a healthy society? Okay, so who would you who would you ask to restrict your, their movements then? Those that I, are- what I would what I would like, and I think because there's so much confusion out there in society, I would like an open debate with everybody. There has been doctors, nurses, scientists shut down for speaking the truth. They've lost, you know, they've lost their, their livelihoods, their jobs because of the narrative. This has to be an open debate. There's 
scientists and doctors worldwide have said it. It's not right to lock a healthy society down. People need to be able to go out in the fresh air, to inhale oxygen. You know, where is the logic and the intelligence? Am I the only one out here, even outside of myself, you know, that can actually see through this? You know, can I, I know you say in your in your correspondence with me, they say, Neil, you got paid from the HSC or you got paid I for the government to, to push the narrative of it. But like, but I, 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 I have never blocked anybody who is an alternative point of view, ever. Okay, fair enough. All I wanted to ask, because it seemed to be, no matter what media, if you listen into a radio station, it's... No, but I mean, I, I encourage, I'm trying to encourage it. Like, you know, Dr. Patrick yes. Morrissey that lost a position there recently, the GP over in Limerick, who right. uh, had yeah. much of the same beliefs as you. Um, yes. He was due on air with me last week, but eventually declined yes. because he got absolutely savaged for yes, his point of see, view. And saying. I said, and we were saying, listen, you know, yes. there's nobody going to savage you, but we do want to hear what you have to say. Much of what you were yes. saying. And but I'm he, prepared for that this morning. I'm prepared for people to come on here this morning. Okay, and to say your tinfoil hat, your conspiracy theorist. No, you know, and even when you think about a conspiracy theorist out there, they do their research, okay. right? No, I mean, I so don't regard. I think people. that's. I think. I, I just don't want the name calling. I think people need society's gone so bad; it's become so aggressive towards people that if you have a point of view and you're just expressing, you know, I. So Anita was talking. Did you want to ask me a question? Is that what you said? I think what Anita done. And the way she spoke about those two lads inside that, the way they, she But they were queue jumpers who made up a, an excuse, a lie, for not wearing a mask to Q get into pennies. Queue jumpers is, is different. I don't agree. I have respect for people when I'm out. What I'm saying is you can't go out there just because there's a lot of people at the moment, Neil, literally living in fear. Because the media, it's the way the media portrays. You know, and I know, that most people in this country watch RTE. And... You have an elderly person home, they're not on the internet and they're watching RTE, okay? They're very influenced, you know, and it's wrong on so many levels. I worked in the hospital. Can I mean, I can't be held responsible for the unbalanced narrative within RTE. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when I worked in the hospital spheres, I'm very, I have great empathy. I love the elderly and it was to be my career choice. Unfortunately, stuff stopped along the way. I lost my own mother in a car accident and my condition was diagnosed. But when I see what's been done to the elderly and also what's highly important is the amount of people that are dying outside of this COVID. Like everything seems to be have to be, everything else is forgotten about on the radio. You know, it's all COVID, the ads. Okay, so my father taught me years ago, it's like anything. If you keep planting the seed and chipping away, eventually the wall will fall. People are falling. People are gone into back depression. People have mental health issues that never had mental health issues. The suicidal rates, the homeless, they're all issues that you always highlighted, but it's not been highlighted during this COVID. All the HSE at the moment, our HSE had collapsed before COVID. And to be quite truthful, it's taken the light off of Nihal Martin, Leo Vradkar, and I mean, you have to lead by example. You see Leo, Mer- Leo Vradkar um, a few days ago with his driver. No mask. The driver is masked up, Leo's not. Yeah, interesting. Leo's well well done to that woman, Louise. Totally agree with you. Uh, people have lost their ability for reason thinking. You're not alone. But another person says, I'm stop. Not, I'm not here to even 
look for compliments. I'm just so angry No, but you said that, you know, I, I just it's thought you might be interested. It's my life. And I would like people just to be a bit kind. You could be somebody out there and you could have makeup or done up to the nines and you could have serious health und- underlying issues. I live with this every day. It took me three years to come to terms with it. I was part of a case study in Beaumont. And my body can swell to extreme levels. And when it gets really bad, I have to be living near medical services at all times. But I am so tired of justifying myself when I go into shops, I have to take out my documents. The staff have no right to ridicule me and make me feel like a piece of dirt inside in the shop. And when I see my friends who never suffered mental health, suffering mental health, um, this is what the government is doing to people. And I would love if people took a stand. We do not need to be even, this is my opinion, we do not we need to wear masks, you know. We need to get out there, express. There's people that have been diagnosed with terminal illnesses and do not t- think at this t- point in time that they need more support and love around them. Yeah, I know, but you see, if, if, if you're advocating that nobody should wear a mask, then there's airborne particles that could go to an elderly person or somebody like you and potentially yes. kill you. The masks are all over our streets. You know, if there was an epidemic, they would be sharp bins out. There would be hazard bins everywhere. The masks are inside in the rivers. You know, the the, the local environment. The you know, even when you see swans, and you know, I love nature. Yeah, okay, but There's, that is an environmental but issue. Outside That's, of that, yeah. you have to think. When people have to be logic and question things, we should be allowed to question okay. without being called names, and also. When this epidemic, as they say, started, you know, when it started in March, um, they put out in the media, which was horrendous, when all those refugees lost their lives off the coast of Italy, all those coffins were lined up and they used those same photographs to push this epidemic on RTE, the CNN, Sky, also, and I really do, I'm passionate about this, I'd have to take your word for that. I didn't see that. I'm not aware yes, of that. And but it was I'll take horrendous. It okay. They, they put the fear of God into people. Uh, okay. They opened up tents in Dublin. The hospitals were empty. Well, we have a new, we have a new set of tents down on the South Link Road, actually, not too far from schools and yes. a very busy traffic artery. God knows they look awful. Jesus, they yes. look quite frightening. And they there done this a way back. All and right. the hospitals, I have people that worked in hospitals that I worked with, and they cannot come out because if they come out, they lose their jobs. The hospitals were empty and they were told, take early holiday leave. Uh, you have businesses, the length and breadth of this country. How long is this lockdown going to go on? And the more people are going to comply, they're under control. The next lockdown, this is going to go on and on and on. And there is going to be thousands of deaths from mental health. You know, okay. who is going to- Who's okay. going to take responsibility? Business, there's people out there have livelihoods, people to go mortgages are trying to, you know, their families to feed. The whole country has gone under, so I'm pleading for people to do a bit of research and stand up and rise up because this is dictatorship and it's tyranny. And I want people today to please, I'm pleading with them, 
to be compassionate when you're in a shop if you see someone Correct. without and, a mask. And, and you've, you've said that very well a number of times. I wish you well, no. Louise. I did want to give you an opportunity to come on the air. Thank uh, you so much and I appreciate it. Thanks. And I appreciate asking you and you being honest with me because I do my research and I did I see you. out there recently that radio station got a substantial amount of money from government or HSE for pushing the narrative COVID ads. We do not. No, no, hang on a second. No, wait, wait a second. Day. I mean, like, I know that the HSE and the government take out adverts in advertising breaks. They pay for them, but that's just normal Fair commerce. And, and you're entitled to have advertising but, and funding and stuff. But that's but what it. I'm saying is every day we get up, we do not need to hear these ads cover, cover, cover. Okay, okay. They're controlling people. They're actually, if you plant a seed and people are listening to this day and night, they believe this, they believe that some people don't do their research. Okay, okay. Wait, and please let me finish on this note. All I'm asking today is everybody needs a bit of hope and we need a bit of light and we need to be able to go out and enjoy the fresh air and nature. If you go five kilometres or ten kilometres along a beach, you know, I mean, the madness. I, all I'm asking is for people to be logic. The intelligence needs... I, I, I thought here. that was going to be a short point, Louise. I'm clear out of time. But listen, okay. you've made okay. a number of very valid points and okay. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you. We're back after 10. Text 0868104106. Um, this, this fungi story rolls on and on. Uh, the papers this morning are saying that the hopes are fading for fungi, the dolphin, the transformed dingle and people's lives. And I suppose for generations of young people, it also gave them a much better understanding of, uh, you know, other animals and mammals that we share the planet with. Uh, mind you, I have to say, while they're talking in the papers of not having much hope, the update then online in news services that there's been four possible sightings of, fung- of fungi. Um, not necessarily in the harbour, further out. But they're saying that fungi has been spotted in the last 24 hours around Slayhead, around Inch, over in Kells, and west along to Ballyferreter. So I wouldn't be giving up all hope. Like the, the interesting thing about this, that, that apparently they're saying huge shoals of sprat. Ralph Regal in the Independent this morning is saying huge shoals of sprat, well, on Independent Online, um, are drawing dolphins and even humpback whales to different areas off the Kerry coast. And that fungi, the thought process is that fungi has moved out of the harbour for a while to go on a bit of a feeding spree, a feeding holiday, following the sprats, like all the dolphins are doing and like the humpback whales are doing. So I wouldn't be giving up all hope just yet. Uh, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. Um, I'll just do a couple of calls and then I have an optimistic email for you, like a lockdown challenge email as to how many people maybe can use the next six weeks. And Marion Douglas has already got it all planned out for herself and indeed her husband. And I want to share that with you. But back to the phone lines we go first. And Ruth, again, morning traffic. Morning. Oh, hello. How are you? Are you cotton it? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I was, yes. I was hopping. I was hopping mad. I tell you, I started out the day in a good mood, sun shining, and I'm taking this on the chin, the whole COVID situation, but I don't know what they were doing, but the guards blocked off the main road. So once you got on the road from Middleton to Cork, you were in bumper to bumper. You couldn't get out of it, yeah, yeah. You couldn't get out of it, but we didn't know where they were. You know, I expected a checkpoint, but there was nothing, nothing, nothing. Then we got up to the last exit, and you had to get off. You went to one lane first, and then you had to get off. 
and you went around the roundabout and back on and you were fine. So I was over an hour getting up to Cork. I was taking my child to school. But when you got off the main road and up to the roundabout, there should have been a Garda checkpoint there, was there not? There was a Garda standing in a mask, just moving the traffic around the roundabout. And back down again then onto the main road. <laughs> so that's yeah. nonsense. Oh, it's abs- that was a deliberate, you know, hour-long delay this morning. I mean, I was thinking of all the people who had important things to do, you know. I mean, okay, I was taking my kids to school, but, like, somebody could have had an appointment, you know, they're going to work. It was just nonsense. I have no problem with checkpoints, but that was just pure delay. And now I don't know, is this going to be every morning? Yeah, you have or- no problem with it if it has a purpose. There was no point to those checkpoints because yeah. nobody was being questioned. So maybe all of you guys that got caught in that this morning just took one for the team, that this will never happen again. Hopefully. Well, I hope so, but how do we know that? Because hopefully they'll learn from the chaos they caused this morning for no reason. Oh. I hope so. But they did this in Dublin before, at the last lockdown. You know, this happened in Dublin. I I remember it on the radio. I don't know if it happened in Cork, because I wasn't travelling up myself that time. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. I I just feel now I shouldn't go home, because I don't want to get caught another hour on the way back. I wonder, has it still, has it still, imagine it must have cleared up now by now. It has to have done like a scorpus then. Yeah, I hope so. But I only got in, you know. I mean, we were an hour late. An hour. You and many more like you. Thanks for sharing, yeah, Ruth. Absolutely no problem. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. 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 Bye. Much obliged. And so it is. Six weeks of lockdown looms for the people of Ireland. I'm personally hopeful that if this goes well, we can look forward to a lovely Christmas this year when my kids can play with their grandparents again and families can eat turkey and drink wine together. Can I just stop for a moment? There, there might be there might be a problem with turkeys this Christmas. More about that in a minute. Okay. So my kids can play with their grandparents again and families can eat turkey and drink wine together. Don't you find old turkey very dry? Anyway, we might even have some chance of a semi-normal Christmas. God knows we deserve it after the doom and gloom of the past seven months. I think your role in the coming six weeks is vital for us all, the people of Cork. It's going to be tough, so we need you and your team to lift our spirits. Tell us funny stories. Tell us jokes. Get the festive cheer started a little early. Maybe you could even set us some challenges for the next six weeks. Uh, During the last lockdown, I got fat. I ate too much, Neil. I sat on the couch. I watched too much TV. And if I'm honest, I got a bit fed up over everything that was happening with the pandemic. I know a lot of friends who did the same, felt the same. This time round, I'm going to do things a bit differently. When I'm not working or minding my kids for the next six weeks, this is my main plan. Subheading, COVID lockdown challenges. Number one, walk five kilometers a day for six weeks. Lose the COVID stone I gained in the last lockdown and look like a hottie for Christmas. Number two, clean out the attic. It has 20 years of crap in it and it's a major source of anxiety. A place you don't go to. Number three, bake my own Christmas cake, Christmas pudding and mince pies with the kids. I've never done it, but always wanted to. It might end in disaster, but I'll try. Can I just say fair play to you? Because there's been far too much banana bread been baked. So Christmas cakes, please, and Christmas puds and mince pies. Number four, do up my kids' room. It needs to be painted, decorated and cleaned. I will do it all myself. Lucky you, I'm not allowed near a paintbrush. Number five, clean out all the cupboards in the kitchen. 
They are manky. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm going to get my husband to wash all the windows, inside and out. <laughs> I'm going to get him to clean the shed, clear all the crap at the side of the house, paint the hall, stairs and landing, and clear out the spare room. Hold on a second. You just told me um, up here in subsection um, number four that you were going to paint and decorate. Oh, yeah, you're just doing the kids' room, is it? He's got to do the rest of the house. All right. So your husband is going to paint the house inside and out, paint the hall, stairs and landing, clear out the spare room. He'll be a busy boy. He can also cut the grass. Too late, ha ha, too late. Grat cussing is over till the spring. He can also cut the grass, clean out under the stairs, hoover and wash the car too. I feel better already after writing this to-do list. So I would love to hear some positive stories from your listeners about what they have planned for lockdown. What challenge will they set for themselves? What will you challenge yourself to do for the next six weeks, Neil? Get Brenda to take up a, cha- a, cha- a six-week challenge too. Let's go through, get through this awfulness together and have some laughs along the way, says Mary in Douglas. You are going to be busy for the next six weeks. Your husband is going to be very busy for the next six weeks. You're doing an awful lot of tradesmen and women out of work, taking on all those jobs and responsibilities yourselves. But off you go. Uh, I'd love to know how you get on with the Christmas cake, the Christmas pudding, the mince pies and all the painting and decorating and the clearing out of the attic. The 20 years of crap that we all build up. There should be a rule, actually. If you don't use it within a calendar year, you should lose it. The challenge for Brenda Dennehy most definitely would be to learn to cook. Um, When she's not as busy as she is right now, I'll get her to put some headphones on. Because that could be her challenge for six weeks, to learn to cook. I mean, how you do that in six weeks, probably virtually online. We couldn't send her to cookery classes because they're all shut down. As for me, God only knows. I'd allow that up, I'd allow the listeners to make up their own mind on that one. Anyway, just as a by the way. So do come back with regards to what Mary is saying. What are the COVID challenges that you're setting yourself in lockdown? And I'll do that maybe this morning, but certainly tomorrow because there's some lovely prizes. Oak Fire Pizza on board with hot piping large pizzas to give away, all right? I'm not saying that we should all live on a diet of fast food or pizza for the next six weeks, uh, but everything in moderation. And I love Oak Fire Pizza. I love the big meat feast. Uh, and maybe you'll get an opportunity to win one of those vouchers. But you got to get texting. Text 0868104106. you got to get on the air. What is your COVID lockdown challenge? Email neil at redfm.ie. Now, I did mention just ahead of the break, and I'll talk to Seamus then, but we were, she was saying... One paragraph there. Um, Kids can play with their grandparents again and families can eat turkey and drink wine together. Uh, um, Christmas dinner is under threat due to a dispute over who should be keeping an eye on the small turkey abattoirs. Apparently the Irish Farmers Journal say there's a disagreement as to who who should be paying the vets to look after um, I, I, you know, the abattoirs, and unfortunately, I have to use the word slaughterhouse because turkeys must die. Um, but there's a fear now that it may result in not having enough turkeys around for the Christmas festivities. Watch this space for details. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850 104 106.
Red FM. Somebody said they thought that uh, Botox clinics were actually opened because they would be deemed as um, essential services. Botox is classified as a medical procedure, so it's deemed as essential, so people can still get their Botox done, apparently, during uh, level five. I hope that answers your question, your query. But Seamus, thank you. You've been waiting an age. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing now? Good. Did you want to pick up on Louise's conversation, was it? From before um, yeah, the one, the one I heard before the news there it really just I just completely empathised with her. Um, I felt her pain like when, when she was trying to explain herself from her, her you know her own opinion on the situation. I just think to be honest, Michal Martin and Leo Varadkar are really disgusting excuses for leaders. Uh, you know, the, the measures taken today only affect the public sector. They don't affect any ministers, they don't affect anyone in the public sector. No, they affect the measures taken to date you meant to say only affect the private sector. Well, generally, yeah, it's the private sector that get affected. You know, if a minister um, requires healthcare um, within the HSE, um, they'll be seen that they get preferential treatment and they have all of it. The problem is, really, is that the government members um, have too many vested interests that, self, that serve themselves and not the public. What vested interest would a public uh, politician have? Well, uh, when I say vested interest, I mean just uh, really what I'm referring to is the benefits that they have. It's just far, it exceeds the, the, the purpose. I mean, it, you know, once they get in behind the closed doors of the door, democracy goes out the window. They create the rules and then we all have to adhere. There's no um, allowance for questioning of those rules or debate or public debate. I and mean, that was evident when, um, you know, the, the Jennifer Samparelli show on 2FM decided to put the, the question or debate to the public about... The she said, is it time to have a conversation about masks? conversation, yes, which is, you know, it's basically proposing a debate and she was shut down. Oh, yeah, but, she'd like, but it, she, just, she, should just, she should just have ignored all of those tweets and just dr- dr- driven uh, on with the show. Should we talk yeah, about masks thing. all the time? I mean, well, why, why is Michal Martin uh, tweeting yesterday? Was he, did you say he was tweeting yesterday about the... the um, the measures that have been put in place. He was using a he was using a hashtag hashtag yeah. lockdown eve. And okay, I just, if you heard him do that before, that sounds like something that Leo Varadkar. Correct. Does. It looks like the two of them are playing off each other. Correct. You know. Yeah. Correct. It's just disgusting. So uh, you know, it's in bad taste. He's a poor leader. Um, he's demonstrated nothing but a, a litany of what you might call errors, but they're not okay. errors or mistakes anymore. They're bad. They're bad. Errors of judgment. So here's the question I put to you that I put to everybody who isn't happy with the restrictions in which we're made to live in. What is the better solution? Well, I think people should be looking at abroad. I mean, if you look at there's other countries like Korea, Sweden, I haven't got all the information now, but they're not looking at these countries and, you know, thinking maybe that's a better approach to adopt. I mean, why is it that we are an island? Okay, number one, we are an island in Europe. Okay. We're not landlocked with, um, uh, uh, by countries with huge populations to far exceed our own. We're an island, number one. Why is it that we are an island and yet we have, with a, a fairly small population given the landmass that we live in, why are we having to adhere to these levels of restrictions proposed by the government who are inept anyway? They're, I mean, they don't know what they're doing. Either they don't know what they're doing or, or else they're in on a master plan of control of the public at some level. And it's not working. And I'm just wondering, at what point does it get whereby people say, do you know what, we've had enough now. I don't want to do this anymore. But I'm you're like, um, what, what, how would they want any more control than they already have? I mean, the controls that they well, have are far no, reaching. Neil, you know, we're talking about a six-week lockdown. I know you try to instill a bit of, you know... I'm thinking it won't be that long. Yeah, you might, yeah, I know you, you just put it out there. It might not be long. And it might not be that long, but it may well be. 
but not that. It's it's the mere fact. Yeah, but I mean, but what I want to know is what's the better plan? Is the better plan to allow the, the private plan. sector to drive on? Um, and I then what do you yeah, do I with think the country needs to drive on? They're okay. not living with it; they're reacting to it. So when you have a series of lockdowns, lockdown, lockdown, and then back out, back out, back out again into reality, then back down into lockdown again, you're destroying the the, the economy. No, don't, don't forget, there's two economies running in this country. There's the the, the, the standard, I suppose, like a traditional economy of uh, you know small businesses and so on, and then there's the online. Uh, 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 I suppose large corporation economy, and that's the one that's actually that's the, the government are in, in favour of. They're not, you know, Michael Martin is um, he's fundamentally a lawyer. He ah, steady on of, now. I mean, how well, would you like he, if somebody were to call you a liar because of the courage he, of your convictions? He, he, that's not fair. Okay, well, listen to what I'm trying to say. Then he's he tries to advocate for you know the the support for SMEs and. Um, What's, uh, he's, uh, you know, he regularly gives the rhetoric about uh, foreign direct investments. He's destroying it right now. Yeah, to protect the vulnerable and the sick and the elderly. Okay, well, you tell that to the thousands of cancer patients that are dying. I know, and that's the and that's the that's the fifty million dollar question. What do well, we do? No, to why protect is nobody? Why is nobody in the doll asking those questions? Face Why isn't he dragged up an RTE and brought up on that on the RTE news? He's not because they will only tell well, you. Can, I, can I just ask you straight up? Are you saying that no matter what we do, right, there will be a consequence of this, and it will be death, and it may well be the elderly, the sick, the vulnerable, the immunosuppressed, and that's just the way it has to be. That's whenever, the way it's going to be. And Everybody else should just be allowed to get on with their own lives. Well, we should be able to get on with our own lives. I mean, I don't see why lockdowns okay. are not going to work. I don't think they're going to work. Well, that's the way it's going to be. We'll bounce in and out of them until the vaccine. That's what they're saying. So, are okay, you, so where does the country go then? If we bounce in and out of lockdown, where does the country go? Where do uh, businesses go? No, but I just want to know, are you saying that deaths will be, there will be deaths and there will be the there elderly? Will be more, there will all come out next year. I'd say by next, this time next year, actually just before Christmas, I'd say when we get over the the. the you know, the, the, the worst of it, I guess. And then all the, the truth will start to uh, unravel itself. And when it does, they look back, more people will have died of cancer. And uh, cancer is only one type of I don't know, I'm not, you know, no medical expert, so I can't. Well, I mean, you know, with regards to depression people. issues and loneliness and isolation, it makes no sense to me. If I was on the air yesterday morning, elderly man, he said, what harm would I do to anybody, an elderly pensioner, if I sat in my car, drove down with a flask of tea and a sandwich and looked out to sea at Yall Beach without ever getting out of my car? Like, what harm is that going to do to anybody? Yeah. All right. You okay. know, okay. Uh, just, but the people need to, you know, I just hope that people don't get an attack of amnesia when these people come back on your next year and realize what they've put us through. Yeah, but you're you saying know? as a consequence of your views, people will die. How would an elderly person listening to this radio program feel that their life yeah. is worth any less yeah. than yours? Neil, if you know, no one, we're not gods. The government are God either. Like, no one can actually balance that out uh, properly. You know, at the, yeah, I can work with the hard facts. The hard facts will, will, which will come out, and they are actually coming out at the moment. But the, obviously, the state broadcasters won't tell you that. The state broadcaster, a pro- broadcaster, won't actually tell you that there's protests outside the RT buildings continuously going on over the last number of weeks. I never knew that. that. Is that right? Yes. If you, yes, that's a fact. There are there are like uh, well, I won't say a huge number of people, but okay. there's definitely, and I've, I've witnessed uh, on two occasions. Um, you're talking about the bones of a hundred to a couple of hundred, hundred of people uh, protesting directly outside the doors of our. And do you do you know with regards to that two FM program whether it was uh, apparently that's true? Joe Duffy acknowledged the protests on his program yeah. yesterday outside RTE. Right? He did, but no, do you know yeah. was it RTE shut down? 
the 2FM debate on masks? I think they just asked the, the, uh, the proposal. I okay. think, yeah, I think okay. she put it out there in the air and it was, it was taken back. She was withdrawn. I think she was taken off the air for a while. Now, I don't know the full detail, but that's the No, 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 I don't think she was taken off the, the air. Well, I think the that the topic... tells me what the government wants you to hear. Okay, good that's point. Fine. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. But Back after the break. Yeah, I just hope people don't get an attack on the EG. That's the point I'm trying Thank to make. Thank you. A million thanks. Thanks a lot. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Text 0868104106 and I want to pick up on a lot of texts uh, in a few minutes time and a lot of activity from yesterday and the day before. Darren, good morning. Oh, hello. Hi, Neil. Hi, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just wanting to blast my call in. There was another Darren before me. Okay, my brother. But you're Darren the musician wondering about busking, is it? Uh, yeah, the music man. I wouldn't say I'm a musician. Um, I was just wondering, yeah, would, what, like what the guideline is with music because I haven't seen anything about it. Um, do you bust? I don't know. Do you know? I bust. That's all I can do. No, you know, I play a few gigs. Um, before the bars were all shut down and before they allowed music. So, yeah, busking's the only kind of outlet I have to get out and play, you know. And where would you play normally under normal situations? Um, in town, not anywhere in town, you know. You know, all the usual spots. Guitar, is it? Guitar and sing, yeah. Um, and you aren't doing it now because I suppose from today there'll be few enough people around. So why would you even bother? Well, I was doing it, you know, I was actually the first to come out busking, I think, after the last lockdown, was when I noticed the, um, when the cafes were opening up around whenever, yeah. when was the last, you know, whatever that time was anyway, I said, sure, feck it, if they are out, like, you know, I, what am would I be doing, you know? I love, um, I love busking, I just love it, I think it's fantastic, it adds a vibrancy and a personality to the streets. There was some grief, though, from people who were saying that late at night there were buskers around the city, and people were half-locked dancing and swinging off each other, you know, that they were kind of a bit peed <laughs> off about that. Yeah, I wish you looked at that, that's gone on for years, I used to do late-night busking years ago myself when I was younger, um, as you get older, you don't, you're not as brave, though, I'm not anyway, so I just couldn't be bothered doing it that night anymore but during the day is is like uh, is when I, I like to do it um but i just wanted to know if you knew like if there was any rule on that you know um well if it were me i would say that busking on the street when it's safe to do so is an essential service i imagine if you're playing your guitar within five minutes of your home um like where's the harm in it you know i just don't know would you make much money I wouldn't care about the money, Neil, to be honest. Like, I'm here in all my, my studio apartment where I live, and I, like, you know, I can't sing properly unless I'm out, like, playing. I just, you know, I need to, you know... Well, I think we would be in a very sad country if somebody would grief, give a guy a grief if he was playing a musical instrument in public. That's all I would say. I, I mean. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, if, we, if you could put feelers out to the public, because just to see if they'd be accepting of it, if they'd be welcoming of it, because... Um, we're starting to rule ourselves here, no, you know, I've noticed even, like, with the mask wearing and stuff, we're starting to really rule ourselves, the police don't even need to rule us, we're ruling ourselves, you're getting, you know, you're getting looks off of people if you get too close to them, um, I'll be honest, I have a bit of a medical condition myself, which which, which was, <coughs> sorry, which was preventing me from from wearing a mask in in shops. Yet the other day, then I just I could sense it coming down the pipeline, you know. And with this six-week thing and the fear they're putting into us every day, non-stop the deadly virus. Um, I got set upon basically by some Spanish guy and his girlfriend. Where and, in a shop is it? Yeah, you know, I got like, hey, you sure should be wearing a mask in his Spanish accent, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you said what? Him, 
I said, look, mind your own business, you know. Uh, he doesn't know my medical history unless he has x-ray glasses or something, you know. And then, and then his girlfriend was bloody saying the same. And, but then they emboldened some other young little scuss behind them in, in, the, in the queue to say, you should put on the mask, boy. And, you know, I could sense people looking. Even 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 the, um, the security guard, he said that he'd, ha- he'd had three complaints saying, no, you're not going to tell that man to put on a mask, you know. It's really been ramped up. So, so, like, so said, you like, said to them, you said to them, I have a medical condition, is it? I didn't even say that because they have not like to, I, I, I wouldn't warrant to explain myself to, to some some Spanish guy and some young scuss, you know. I yeah. wouldn't even warrant yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, none yeah, of their yeah. business. Yeah. Your mum has just been a have a go hero, you know. And I knew this was coming down the pipeline. Yeah. So yeah. I left there feeling like a like a bag of bag of you know dirt. You know. Did you and, leave um, the queue, Darren? I did not. No, I paid for my stuff. Yeah. Good man. Good the man. The woman behind me in the queue was with a, a pram. And the guy said, you can move up forward, miss. And she went like, no, no. And she looking at me, pointing, you know. And just because I was wearing a mask, you know. Um, It's uh, tough. It's tough on people who can't wear them, without a doubt. And people need to bear them in mind before they start giving other people grief. I mean, mind your own business, I suppose, should be the mantra, right? You know, I mean, like, it's it's not like, you know, I'm a 40-year-old man. I know, like, about hygiene and cleanliness at this stage, you know, you know, I don't need to be bloody told what to do. But you want to know whether or not it would be okay for you to tote the guitar into town and play a few tunes on Patrick Street, is it? Well, just just to see what people say. I, I, I think, it, I, be, think you know? it, I mean, drive on. I mean, drive I'll on. Carry on. I will, I will. I mean, even if I didn't make money, you know, too much, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe I people would like to hear as they go. There still will be people knocking around town. Don't don't think that it's going to be a complete no-go area. It's not. There are businesses yeah. still going to be open. Um, and, you know, you'll be brightening people's lives playing a few tunes as they walk past. <laughs> maybe, maybe. See, it's kind of even, sa- it's kinda even sad way. that you have to ask the question, isn't it? Well, I just said I'd put it out there just to see. Ah, yeah. I'm getting an awful sense of everybody is, is there's, there's no individualism anymore. Everybody's just going along with this thing. Well, if I like walk past you, I'd be delighted to see a pal, and I'd give you a few you, bob. You actually gave me you gave me fifty cent years ago in first. Yeah, you, you were uh, you were a high roller. Ah, no, that wasn't back. fifty cent. That was two euro at least. <laughs> no, it's what it was, but don't worry. <laughs> Listen, you heard the story of the. Did you hear the question? What? Uh, can I one more question for you there, and just for the people out there? In a way, we're being terrorized, right? Would you not agree? Depends what you mean by terrorized. We're being people are being terrorized by COVID because they're afraid. But yes, are you saying that? Really just the constant, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the crux of it, obviously. But the manner in which it's portrayed, um, it's all doom and gloom. As somebody said the other day, they're like, um, "Why don't they go on spend a half an hour every night explaining the prevention and cure?" Like that woman, Dolores Cahill, that was out the other day in Cork. She spoke about it, and she was very well spoken, and it just made perfect sense. Why wouldn't you have a half an hour every night to say, "Look, this thing is out there, yeah, but look, if you're young, I'm not whatever about your age. Like age shouldn't even matter. Like I'm having next, to, I'm a neighbour in my old neighbourhood, and he's in early eighty, and the, the guy used to be flying around in a bike. So how they can categorise categorise us by age? Anyone going off track? But if they just came up and said, "Listen, take vitamin D." Um, zinc. Everybody, everybody zinc. needs look to be taking vitamin if you, D. If you come across, if you come across the pathogen, look, you'll more than likely be fine. Um, but just try to, you know, just just be smart. I know that. So I mean, abso- absolutely. But you, you know? see, the question then that needs to be asked over and over again is. What if a healthy person who contracts this virus and sails through it, not a bother. Some people had it, they didn't even know they had it. 
Some people it's had it. The evil genius of the whole thing, isn't it? But wait, but wait a second. What happens then if they are in close contact with somebody who's immunosuppressed or elderly with a weak constitution? See, there's the problem. Of course, obviously, and this is this is the genius of it, O'Neill, as well. And then going back to your other your other caller, there, like, like, yeah, like, I mean, what are they trying to achieve? You know, they're trying to try to be God or something. People die. It's unfortunate. Elderly people die. Jesus, right. who's out there thinking that? Affect the elderly, you know, unless you're a complete nut job. People die, you know. I mean, that's not to say that you just go around willy nilly and bloody going up to old people saying, "Here, hugs, hugs Wednesday or whatever," you know. Yeah, I know. Hug, you know? Yeah. You know, you just stay away from them and look, Jesus, if, if they're afraid, just like, you know, just stay away from other people. But like, Jesus, man, young, healthy people, men and women out there, they want to get out there, get their rocks off. They want to be meeting each other, having a good time, you know. I mean... They want to earn a living, pay their terror. bills, go to work. They want to earn a living, do whatever All they right. need. But the other question I had about the terror was, where are the actual terrorists gone? Where, where have they gone? They've just disappeared, right? You know? The Al-Akbar's, all these guys, like ISIS, where have they gone? Like, Are they completely buying into this, that they're even social distancing from, from blowing us up? I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think they ever go away in any generation. Anyway, listen, um, get out there on bus, weird, I'd say, you know, and you'd never know. Terrorism is gone and the other comes, and another one right. comes. Forget, forget all about that. Just get out the guitar and play a few tunes. In fact, if you want to record something there at home and the quality's half decent, I'll give it a spin if you want to send me a video of it. Ah, Jesus, that'd be great. I actually have a great kind of a song, but I don't know, it's kind of anti, anti-government, to be honest. That's all right. If it's, I mean, I don't care what it's about as long as it's good. And if it's good, we'll give it a spin. You never know. You could be out busking like that 18 year old was. You know, the guy who, um, got a few bob from, from Hosier and now he's landed a, a gig as Prince Charming or something in a big Wait, production yeah. of Cinderella in the UK. Um, I could, I could be the next Ali Sherlock. You never know. I mean, you never, you know. never know. He was busking on <laughs> Grafton Street and, uh, you know the video? Actually, there's a video of himself and Ali Sherlock busting, busking on Grafton Street. Yeah, she comes up on my um, YouTube channel there quite a lot. And she Actually, started busking. Her last night. She's fantastic. She was singing a Billie Eilish song in Paris in some opera house. She was fantastic, in fairness. Yeah. Buskers get picked up. Elton John was a busker, apparently. Uh, Rod Stewart was a busker. Lots of them started that way. Ed Sheeran yeah. was a busker. He started that way. I, 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 look, I'm too old for, for seeking fame. Everyone says that to me. You know? you well, I don't know about that. How old is Paul McCartney? He's just recorded and is releasing a new album. And on it, he plays every single musical instrument. Everything. Oh, yeah. From double amazing, bass yeah. to cello to guitar to drums to keyboards. Everything. Ain't ever too yeah. late. All right, come back to me with a tune, William. We'll give it a spin. Cheers, Darren. Take care. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Text 0868104106. I'm getting uh, some uh, correspondence in here about a proposed or planned big house party tonight uh, out the Western Roadway in student accommodation, by all accounts. A big house party planned. Imagine if I know about it, there's a good chance that the Guardian know about it. Maybe the Students' Union knows about it. Maybe the college knows about it, but that's the plan anyway. So I wonder we'll be hearing of uh, more stories like that, uh, parties. And I have to say, having said that, with regards to freshers, and I do understand the pain of the residents up there, I think this year was an awful lot better from what was coming across my desk anyway. It seemed to have been much quieter, and in fairness to many of those students living up there, from what I've been told, and I'm open to correction on it, 
um, it was a lot quieter um, this time around. Lines open at one 106 text 0868104106. And thank you to Natalie, who's just updating. Just in, uh, just to update, you were asking about the traffic and the checkpoints and the chaos this morning. I've just come through the Middleton carried to a roundabout turnoff. No checkpoint. No traffic anymore. If anyone's worried about traveling through it, it's okay. Also, there's a checkpoint at Glanmire Slip coming off the M8. And they're asking your hometown and they're asking your destination. So they're the questions being asked by Gardy at this hour of the morning. It's probably a more reasonable time to be asking people where they're going, if it's reasonable at all, some would suggest. Sabine, good morning. Hang on a second. I'll just get myself sorted here. There you are. Sabine, good morning. You can hear me now. Good morning. Hello? Yeah, everyone's complaining, but we should be grateful, is it? Yeah, we need to be grateful. We need to understand that at where we are now, okay, if someone in the ICU right now that cannot even breathe, if that person, you give that person the opportunity, okay, to say, okay, I give you health. Yeah, where well, they had six months now, month. to, they had six months now to increase the amount of ICU and critical beds in the hospitals. No, I understand. I'm just saying, okay, if... If that person, you give the opportunity to that person and tell the person, okay, you'll be healthy, take my place, okay, and stay in your home for one month. The person will clap their hands. We need to understand that the stage at where we are right now, we are all on the same line. It's not easy for nobody. No, nobody, I'm telling you. It's not easy for those that have to close their business. It's not easy for those that even working in the hospital 24-7, taking care of people, of other people, why they have to leave their, their, their family at home. It's not easy. I just want people to... But why have all businesses that. have to close, particularly small ones, when the big multiples are all allowed to stay open, they're not breaking any laws, when off licenses are allowed to stay open, when you can still get a Botox injection? You know, why, why, why for instance, can a supermarket sell you a dress... But a dress shop can't. I understand. I understand, Neil. I know what you are saying. Why can't a small shop open where they only allow one customer in at a time, where it's controlled? Yeah. Yeah. I understand. All you are saying, I understand. But my point here is, why people are always complaining? Why is the government asking us to do this? Why is the government... The government is looking for a solution. The first time when we went for the lockdown, it worked. The, 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 The number of people reduces completely. After that, people started doing whatever they wanted again, and here we are right now. It's not the fault of the government that we are here right now. It's not, of the, it's not the fault of nobody. But we are in a situation whereby we need to hold our hand each other and walk towards the end of this lockdown. Complaining is not going to do anything. What are you going to do with your why, next... Why this? What are you going to do with your next six weeks, Sabine? I'm going to stay home and take care of my family. I'm going to stay home and make sure that I abide to every rule that the government has asked me to do. And I pray that everyone has to do the same thing. As long as I have my five, five kilometers, I can walk away, take some fresh air, think about things like walk around, look at the nature. This is something. You remember in, in, in I think it's China or Japan, I don't know which, where, when they, they went for three months in the lockdown. They couldn't even, they didn't even have that. But they have to do this. Because it was aggressive. And right now where we are, every single day, the, 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 the rate of people dying is increasing. The rate of people getting sick is increasing. So we why can't it be a system that many people are asking, whereby those that are, that are potentially um, at mm-hmm. risk are only the ones who need to protect and mind themselves and stay at home? Why is it we for everybody when lots and lots of people will get COVID and it'll be no worse than getting a flu? We are all at risk, Neil. We are all at risk. 
Okay. We are all at risk. That's what people need to understand. It's not that all oh, the vulnerable, the the, the elderly. Yes, but, but should the statistics? But statistics are showing that mm-hmm. the vast majority of healthy people, yeah, have no effects on them at all. The, I understand that, but the stage where we are going now. Everybody is, 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 can get sick anytime, any moment, as long as you get in contact. Or maybe and you feel it's, maybe you are. feel that it's the healthy would be transmitters to the sick. No, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying here, okay? All I'm saying here is that we are all, like, the, the virus is, is, it doesn't look whether you are old, whether you are young, whether you are in the middle age. Right now, whether the young one, whether the middle age, every one of us can get the, the virus right now. So all we need to understand and all we need to do, okay, is not easy. And I understand that. I'm not saying that it's easy anyway. It's not easy. But all I'm trying to say here is that we need to, have to, to, to just be grateful. As long as we can wake up in the morning, we can breathe, we are healthy. We need to be grateful for that. Because if someone wake up in the morning and start having a cough and someone cannot breathe, his life is changing there. For example, he got the virus. Maybe he wake up in the morning and went somewhere, came back, and then the morning he wake up, he got the virus. Why is it going to happen? That would be, okay, I'll go and check my GP, have my test, and then, like, it's not my wish. Maybe something, something dramatic happened, and then the person is transferred to the hospital. We need to understand that it's not easy. We just need to hold our hand and work together. But it doesn't. It, but it doesn't have that effect on unhealthy people. Who do you call healthy, Neil? You think that those some people were were calling themselves healthy and they find themselves in the hospital? Well, that is true. Some. I mean, healthy? yeah. I mean, I have heard like, some of those stories. Not many right of them. I'm healthy. As long as you have not you have not done your test and then it came out the result came and then you say oh I'm healthy no nobody can call himself unhealthy because some people have it they don't even know right now so who are you calling healthy here we need to be grateful as long as we are healthy each and every day when we wake up and we are healthy we have people around us we need to be grateful for that we can walk around for five kilometers and breathe the fresh air we need to be grateful for that okay, okay. and stop throwing stones to people to say uh, to the government and say why do they say we need to wear masks you need to wear masks well to protect yourself and to, to protect other people they didn't wear masks in Sweden I understand that they didn't shut uh, down man, the economy in Sweden you, I'm wearing I'm wearing my mask and I'm see, I'm I'm having sinus right now. I can't breathe my I can't breathe normally, but I, I'm still wearing my mask and I shut my mouth and I'm wearing my mask because I'm protecting other people and I'm protecting myself. Okay. So people need to understand that. Okay. Thank and you for what that. Are, another another point I'm trying to make here is that at least in Ireland the government makes sure that the some people are paid every week. Those that lost their job will get something. They are trying to do something. I'm not saying I'm not clapping for the government or I'm not saying that people, anybody, I'm not saying anybody is wrong. But they're not doing anyone any favors. The money that they're giving will have to be paid back and it's the Irish citizens will have to pay it back. It's not, it's not, they're not giving us a gift or anything. This will have to be paid for by generations to come. I understand. I know. I understand that. So, I mean, don't, don't feel, nobody should feel grateful for a pandemic payment or a furlough payment. No, no. I'm not saying you should feel, you should feel grateful for the pandemic payment, but we need to be grateful for life ahead. Okay. A lot of people have lost their parents this year. A lot of people have lost their, uh, their friends. A lot of people have lost some people to this virus. It's not easy. But 
all yeah, yeah, I know, I know that. But a lot of people didn't. Talk, a lot of people didn't as well, though. You know. I understand. I know. I know. Okay. And like right now, where we are now, like nobody can say, "Oh, this situation is better for you than me." I don't know if you understand my point here. No, no, for. Oh, I do. I do know. I do know how to answer that because there's a big difference between somebody who has lost their job in the private sector or somebody who has closed yeah. their business and a politician or somebody in the public sector who will never lose their job and will never yeah, get a yeah, wage yeah. cut. So there's a clear difference for you straight away. All right. I thanks understand. for that. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sabine. I'm going to blow on. Thank you. Thank you. I met two guys this morning coming from Kerry. Took me two hours to get to Cork this morning, uh, taking my sister-in-law to a hospital appointment and she's late now. It's a disgrace. Two different checkpoints on the way. Just walked through town earlier this morning. I can tell you it is so eerie to see all the shops closed again. But how is Dunn Stores operating as normal with their clothing on sale? They've just stacked up toilet rolls and Pringles on the clothing floors. This must be soul-destroying to smaller retailers. Uh, thank you for that. Text 0868104106. And a story coming out of West Cork as to how irate some people are. Um, thank you, Ian. He just uh, posted this online saying, So, some mad woman felt someone had taken her space in the Aldi car park in Dunmanway. And she started terrorizing people with her car. Apparently, she went to ram the car that took the space ahead of her. She missed it, and she rammed my car instead. Onlookers told me she muttered something about, look what you made me do, and then just took off in her car. Not much damage to my car, thankfully. I knew nothing about it until I came out of the shop and the people started coming over to me to give me the lowdown. People were pretty shook uh, as she was dangerous. Uh, if anyone sees this locally, maybe they might have some dash cam, might be willing to report it to the guards. I've been to the guards already, but the more the merrier. We need to track down this dangerous loon. Uh, 7.20pm on a Wednesday evening. There you go. Uh, people certainly struggling in more ways than one. Um, I was in town actually yesterday um, and it seemed to me as if it was kind of the last bit of shopping that people were doing. It wasn't mental in any way, shape or form, I have to say, but, you know, certainly there were, by the time by the time I got, got in there, um, I didn't see as much by way of a queue at pennies, not certainly like the queues we had yesterday morning, uh, but of course for many now that's gone and I hope you got what you were looking for. Um, yesterday because it'll be a while before you'll be in for the socks and jocks and pennies. Um, I'm getting reports there of some issues regarding uh, the tunnel and as soon as it appears on the screen I'll give it to you. But there are still problems with traffic this morning. Cove Road is still blocked, uh, sitting an hour, getting nowhere. Uh, and this is uh, for a COVID appointment that I had at 10 o'clock um, and now I'm 15 minutes late. I wonder you're still in the same situation. Over on the photo road, still stuck, listening to the woman about the checkpoint. Uh, I'm waving her on. I better get stopped after this wait. I better get asked a question by the guard after this wait. Um, and there are six fire brigades at the start of the tunnel coming in from Cove. So that would be the north bore of the tunnel. Not sure why, but six fire brigades there nonetheless. Okay, we'll come back after 11 on 1850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. Officially Ireland's music station of the year. This is Cork's Red FM. Okay, the chaos this morning on our roads because of guarded checkpoints. One of them, many of them diverting traffic off the main roads up onto slips and roundabouts only to divert them back down onto the main roads again and not ask any motorists any questions. you got to ask what was the point of it at all. Maybe it was just an early shot across the bows. Um, but who's going to be trying to breach guidelines and laws at that hour of the morning? I mean, the traffic that was out this morning was people who were going to work or going, bringing their kids to school. 
essential travel that they need to do. So that's caused an awful lot of anger. Um, and just uh, looking at live pictures from the tunnel now, the north bore of the tunnel going into the tunnel from the north side of it by Dunkettle. Uh, and it seems as if traffic going into the tunnel has now been stopped. There are fire brigades there uh, blocking it. Something's gone on inside in the tunnel. Um, the uh, other bore coming out of it from south to north is open, but going from north to south through the tunnel has been stopped at this stage uh, with, um, just looking at it there, fire brigades and sirens and lights. So I imagine that could well be another accident, another crash, perhaps, this time either at the entrance or within the tunnel itself. Anyway, that's a live feed that I'm seeing. Thank you for that, Brenda. Appreciate you putting that up. But just on the carry-on from this morning, much to the annoyance of many people, um, I'm being told now that apparently what happened, what is happening at the tunnel right now is a collision between a car and an Arctic lorry. Is it me or have there been quite a number of collisions at the tunnel over the past week or so. Anyway, Councillor Colm Kelleher is on the traffic. He's, uh, he's, on, he's on the JPC, um, which is the Joint Policing Commission. Uh, and I imagine that probably does uh, cover, uh, you know, traffic. And he's the chairman with the JPC. I wonder, uh, has he got any points to make on this or will lessons be learned from this morning? Colm, good morning. Good morning. Is this part of your remit? Stuff that went on this morning? Uh, well, as, a, as you said there, I'm chairperson of the Joint Policing Committee in the Cork City Council. Um, we would be briefed um, during our quarterly meetings on traffic statistics and uh, the, the actions of the traffic corps as well. So it would fall under the JPC. Yes. Okay, so what do you make of what happened this morning? Is, there, is this going to happen tomorrow morning? Um, look, I think a lot of people were, you know, shocked this morning uh, to see the members of the traffic corps out in such force on all approaches to the city. Um, they were out from early. Um, we know that, but what, what's going to happen about it now? Have you picked up the phone, for instance, and said, listen... I have, I have. I put a request into the divisional headquarters this morning um, in relation to seek clarity on the situation. Now, this is all part of the government's Operation FNACT. Um, which was rolled out earlier part of the year during the first, I suppose, lockdown point one. Uh, this lockdown is quite different. Um, we do have people uh, that are still bringing their children to school, which we didn't have the first time round. We still have pe- the people that are lucky enough to have their, still have their jobs um, have to get to work in the morning. And um, I just think um, and I fear that this may have been a mistake on management's part uh, in Dublin. Like This was a directive that came down from Dublin. It wasn't organised regionally here within Cork and members of the Garda Siakana I'd look they were just told this morning quote this is your job to do they're at the court so this I, came this was a mistake that started at Garda HQ well it actually came from um, a directive from Garda HQ but it's part of the government's response operation for not like this is part of the government guidelines also yeah. to implement um, you know a higher Garda presence in and around um, urban areas now, look, a blind man could see it caused absolute chaos and all approaches to the city this morning. I was listening to some of your uh, listeners. Yeah, and some of them actually uh, said it to guards, and the guards' response to them was, uh, email your politicians, call the media. I've been inundated with calls from constituents here this morning um, in around Ballancolic area. There's uh, some certain people that would work in Ballancolic. Who do they expect to be on the roads early in the morning? Well, you know, this is it. This is it. Like, you know, my, my own children were late going to school this morning, you know. Um, and, you know, the other side side of it there, which I would fear with the schools, the schools have been very accommodating that they've implemented scattered drop-off 
times uh, so that um, you know the pupils won't be gathering in crowds. Um, that went out the window this morning in most schools. I can imagine that you know everyone was late and you just yeah. had this massive in, in, influx in, into. So school. can you not call the traffic corps at Anglesey Street and say, you know, you're aware, they're clearly aware of what happened with cameras everywhere. Yeah, clearly, like I, put a, as I said, I put a request into divisional headquarters this morning. You know, I'm waiting for a reply to come back to me. But, um, you know, the member of the force that I spoke with, she was lovely, you know, and she was very understanding. And she was saying that it's not the first phone call she received this morning in relation to it. Um, you know, I think this is part of the government's shock and awe, just to remind people that we are going into a full, essentially a full lockdown. And, you know, it's going to be different from the last time. We do need the road policing units out on the road. Um, we do need to get a handle on the spread of this virus. Ah, uh, you know, right. sure, I know that. Like, know but, that. Do, but do they not realise the consequences of people being stressed or anxious oh, or kids in the car and everybody arriving oh. late? I mean, you know, oh, people... And I, 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 as, as I stated earlier, I believe a mistake in this part, that they went out this morning um, and, you know, not realising the chaos it would cause. They didn't even ask start. people any questions. I, I'm led to believe at the start, when the traffic was light, that they were stopping every car. Um, but as they realised, you know, the traffic was backing up on all approaches. Um, like I came through one checkpoint myself, and it there, there was talks amongst members of the force. You could see it as you were proceeding up to the checkpoint, and it was like a light bulb just click. Right, we just need to leave and go. Well, and why didn't they abandon it through, then? You know, um, I don't know. That's a question you'd have to ask divisional headquarters themselves. But I mean, like there's all of that, and the stress and the anxiety that's causing people in the mornings. And on top of that, then. The gyms are closed and people are say you can't go to the beach for a stroll. Like, do they not realise the importance of people's mental health as much as their physical health, you know? Completely, completely. And look, in relation to the gyms, I myself, I wrote to the Minister of Health yesterday. Um, I think that, you know, this is a very, you know, difficult time for our country and we all need to pull together. But in my opinion, gyms are uh, a massive, important outlet for people, not just to remain physically fit, but also mentally fit. And I fear the fact that they've closed now under the new restrictions, it will have a detrimental impact on people's mental health. Now, I, as I said, I've written to the Minister, and by no means am I calling that so-called super gyms should remain open. But I feel there should be an allowance made for personal training, training on a one-on-one, pre-booking appointment basis. You know, Do you think it's too late now to change that? I mean, they changed I on funerals. I don't, I don't, you know, we, you know, the government amended funerals recently. It was originally announced, originally announced that there would be a limit of 10. This was subsequently increased to 25. So, you know, like, I would stress to people, like, you know, this is, you know... I mean, what kind of a Muppet comes up with these guidelines that when they saw it on paper, like, 25 can go to a wedding, 10 can go to a funeral, did nobody say, hang on a second, why is that? <laughs> it's just <laughs> I know it would beggar belief no, blindingly obvious that that's wrong it was rectified fairly quickly and I would be hoping that you know that you know the uh, minister would consult with Nefis. Um I'm due hopefully to take a call with him either today or tomorrow on the matter and um, I, w- I would be asking him that he would bring to Nefis and then bring to cabinet that uh, you know a U-turn be done on this okay. and allow one and one pre-booking appointment basis like as I said not only for your physical health but for your mental health Neil I've been inundated with people you know, saying that you know, you know, I work as a doctor, or I work as a nurse, or I'm, I'm a courier driver, and they're out in the front line every single day, risking their jobs to put food on the table for their family. And some people, you know, have an outlet of going to the pubs; they're closed now. Some people have an outlet of going for a walk. Some people go swimming in the sea. Some people go to the gyms. And you know, I think like the, the, they're open in the north. 
So I think we do really, you know, need to reassess this and really look at it. Okay. And, and, and an exemption be given to personal training on a one-on-one pre Let's see how you get on with the Minister and let's see if um, your intervention with the Traffic Corps will make a difference in the morning. Thanks, Councillor Colm Kelleher. A big response to this, actually. Just finished my final hour in the gym. This is from yesterday. It's very sad leaving all the fantastic trainers and fellow gym buddies. These trainers... Uh, are here training every morning at 6am come rain or shine. Uh, does Michal Martin and Varadkar support mental health, I wonder? They seem to be doing the opposite, adding to people's stress. The government need to keep the gyms open as they're a real necessity in the current climate. Morning, my wife is a midwife. Uh, she was on night duty last night. Two staff on our ward got no tea break till 6.30am. They didn't get out until a quarter to nine. Then, after that long shift, they had to face a 25-minute queue at a checkpoint on our way home to West Cork. Something's got to change. These checkpoints need to be done during the day, not at peak traffic time, says David of West Cork. I mean, where do they expect people to be going at 7 o'clock in the morning if it's not to work? The government should reopen the gyms and the grounds of mental health. The majority of gyms are sticking to the rules with everyone wiping down equipment before and after use. I agree with closing all the off-licenses for three weeks because this will stop the house parties. If they can't access the drink, they'll have no need to party. It would also reduce domestic violence. I don't mean a total ban on alcohol, but if we can bring down... But if we bring in unlawful fines to restrict the freedom of movement, then why not only allow the sale of alcohol in supermarkets when you get a weekly shop? Maybe you could only purchase alcohol when you spend a minimum of €120 on your shopping. I, for one, found myself drinking a bottle of whiskey a week when the gym closed during the last lockdown as I had no need for my 5am start. I was having two glasses of whiskey a night, which doesn't sound a lot, but when you end up drinking seven bottles in seven weeks of whiskey, that says a lot. I think the government have dropped the ball here. Imagine the government telling us they're looking after our health, but they closed the gyms. There's lots on this. My dad is in his 70s, lives on his own, goes to the pool here in the north side every day at 2 p.m. for 45 minutes. This is his exercise. This is his outlet. The swimming pool. The gym is a brilliantly run leisure center with booking systems and it's cleaned after every session. <clears throat> Just like any other leisure center I've been through the summer. Well, why my dad is not allowed to go there for mental and exercise is beyond belief. I go there myself every day and I'll also miss it, but I can do other forms of exercise which my dad can't. I honestly think the government have just taken a decision without taking all aspects of our lives into consideration, which, to be honest, doesn't surprise me, uh, says um, says Alan. Um, let me go back to the live issue this morning from the tunnel. Brian, good morning. Good morning. Did you witness it? Um, I te- I, it happened behind me. Okay. I was coming, say, from Vienna Woods up to, to come down the slip road onto the roundabout to go into the tunnel. Okay. And 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 I could hear this noise. Uh, not sure what it was. And when I looked in the mirror, all I could see was this uh, car, something like a Toyota Yaris, stuck on the front of the articulated truck. So she would have been sideways. Oh my uh, god! So her head would have been kind of on the front of the truck inside the car. If you get me. Uh, and he pushed her. Now, I presume the man didn't, wasn't jamming on his brakes in case uh, there was a, he could have toppled her or, or whatever could have happened. So he actually, I thought he was coming towards me, so I actually went around around the boat again, you know, just to get away from it. But uh, when I came back around, he was about a third away through the tunnel with the car still in the same position. Now, she was out of the car on the phone. So I think she was the only person in the car. Couldn't be 100% sure. Um, but yes, it looked. He pushed her a fair distance, then, didn't he? He pushed her. He pushed her a good 
150 metres. How did she end up in front of him? Did she, do you think, maybe tried to change uh, lanes at the last minute? I, I, I really couldn't say that, no, unless, like, trying to figure it out, unless she came down the M8 and went through a red light. No, but I, I, I can't remember that, so we don't know. I don't want to be wronging her But either, at least she know? was out of the car. She was out of the car on the phone. Um, no, unless there was somebody else in the car, I couldn't see and it was a bit shaken. You know, it's not a far those. stretch of the imagination to say that maybe, you know, people ended up rushing this morning when because they were late because of all of this traffic back up. I'm just suggesting that might be a possibility, you know. And at least well, look, uh, dangerous uh, this driving. Morning was, this morning was horrendous. Now, unless she made a mistake and just drove straight out in front of him as he, he could have been coming behind me from the same place that I came. But, you know, it was uh, a scary, a scary thing I saw. Um, but look, she, she was okay. The car didn't topple. It seemed to have stuck like a magnet to the front of the articulated truck. And maybe he didn't want to jam on his brakes in case he Fair could. Fair enough. They must, both you know? of them must got an awful fright. That, um, that bore of the tunnel is still closed. I'm looking at the cameras now. There's Gardy there. And there's obviously that Arctic that you're talking about. I don't see any car, but I see some responders there. And I see an ambulance there. And also... The fire brigade, but you're saying to me, hopefully, it seems as if everybody is safe and nobody was hurt. Yes, I think so, and 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 they stayed in the left lane. It never moved from one to the other. The car stuck to the front of it the whole way through. Thanks for taking the call, Brian. Thanks for being an eyewitness. Okay. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks, Neil. Text Um Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I was in a city gym, and despite asking repeatedly for people to sanitize, it was never happening. I was the only one on several occasions who sanitized after using the equipment. To be honest, I felt a lot safer in retail shops where masks were worn and sanitizers were available. A tiny percentage of cases comes from retail. I don't think it's fair on shops. Not so sure about gyms. Well, her city gym says that people weren't sanitizing and maybe that's the risk that's too big to be taken by the government and by Neffet with regards uh, to gyms. Um, yeah, um, yeah, okay, just one, one fast one. I want to talk to Andrew Burns from uh, the Mardek Arena. Just two seconds now. Apparently, John has also uh, got an update on that traffic situation of that crash of the tunnel. John, good morning. Hi, Neil, how are you? What can you see now? Uh, it's just that uh, I'm in a slip road for Little Island here, uh, the second one. But the um, the traffic is completely gridlocked. Uh, it's not moving at all at the moment. So probably best pet for people is is to head in over the flyover into town and come around. That's the, the only option. You're not going to use that tunnel anytime soon. But can you see no. what 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 the state of play is now? No, There's I, an Arctic truck, an Arctic lorry there. Uh, no, cannot see anything at the moment where I where I am. But there's also a, a truck actually broken down on the slip road coming to the tunnel as well now. So that's that's causing more uh, more total delays. chaos this morning. All right, thanks for that, yeah. John. Appreciate well, it. Get over the flyover and head into town. And into town is the only option for now. Appreciate yeah. it. Okay, that's unfolding live. If we update updates, I'll bring it back to you. But uh, Andrew Burns is the lifestyle and physical activities manager at the Mardek Arena, which is owned by UCC. Joins me by phone. Andrew, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, you're closed, though, right? And many others like yeah. you. Yeah, we're closed this morning to our gym. Um, our physiotherapy clinic is still open uh, because that seems an essential service and we will try to help people there as much as we can. But as regards the gym and the pool, we are closed um, and respecting government guidelines. And that moment. is a big, big outlet there. It's a very, very big um, uh, project with regards to the gym facilities there and the pool. You'll be dealing with um, membership Certainly hundreds, perhaps thousands, yeah? 
Yeah, just to give you a quick background on that. So since we opened on July the 13th, we've had 70,000 individual visits. Um, we were doing about 8,000 visits a week just prior to our closure yesterday. Um, now, obviously, like that, that, that doesn't happen without bringing in a very good safety protocol. So like in our gym, you have to pre-book on an app, and then we check you in when you arrive. Then after that, when you go into the gym, you're actually assigned a specific zone, so you can only go into that zone. You have to clean down before, clean down after. The area is supervised. Um, so how do you know somebody's cleaned down their zone after they've used it? Well, that's why the gym is supervised, you see. Um, and we have we have had people that, unfortunately, they forget. People do forget. But we go over and we remind them. And people have picked this up very quickly, is my experience of it. The majority of people that come into a gym are actually health conscious anyway. And they will do this um, on arrival anyway. Mm. So that's the that's where we are with it at the moment. Um. There's a texture here said in other gyms, smaller gyms perhaps, they're not following the same kind of protocol, people exercising um, and not cleaning down. And she said that, uh, what was it here, uh, not all of the gyms are healthy and good places to go. Um, do you remember that text I read out a few minutes ago? She said that uh, she was in a city gym repeatedly, um, being a- people were repeatedly being asked to sanitise. Um, and they never, it never happened. Um, I was one, I was the only one on several occasions who sanitized after using the equipment. Um, so it's well, the sins of the few, really, is it? I would, I would say so, Neil. Unfortunately, the majority of people that come into the Merrick Arena, up to 90% or above, are very, very compliant. And those that aren't are getting a reminder from us. And then they usually come along with us. Um, it is usually simply a case of, you know, oh, sorry, I forgot about that. I'll go back and I'll do it. But the majority of people are coming in fully compliant uh, with the guidelines that we've put in. Um, and, yeah, they're they're getting their exercise for the hour. They're doing their clean down before, clean down after. Their physical health is benefiting. Um, and they're quite happy to come in. So I can't speak for other places, but for what we do in the Merdick, um we do it to the letter of the public health restrictions. Uh, and, w- and with regards to... You have a very lengthy email, actually, that um, I have in front of me here with regards to regular physical activity is linked with decreases in heart attacks, strokes, anxiety, depression, type 2 diabetes. It increases physical fitness, mental well-being. It's a social connection for people. It also um, helps to not overrun our healthcare system by people exercising regularly. Did you guys make that argument ahead of this lockdown of gyms? Yeah, so I would have sent that on Friday uh, of last week over to as, as many TDs as I, as I could get to. Um, now, in fairness, most people got back to us and said that they'd advocate for us um, and see what, what the lay of the land was. But then uh, a decision was made um, and we've had to close. Um, we didn't get any specific feedback. Nobody told us that what we're saying there is wrong. Um but at the moment, um, I think they're taking a, a tougher line. Maybe, well, if, if uh, they did, people's overall health. Well, maybe, if they know? did read your extensive reasons for leaving gyms open, it fell on deaf ears. But you know, with regards to the vulnerable people, as a part of your email, where you talk of the many, many different sections of society that you help with, uh, with, with rehab and and um, improving their life after after sickness and illness. What kind? 
So um, the the big one that I cover is cardiac rehabilitation. So that's people who would come to me after having had a procedure for their heart and they'd be prescribed exercise to keep them as healthy as possible. Um, this worldwide, it reduces the mortality by about 31%. Um, it keeps people out of the hospital system, uh, which is obviously going to be more important now that we're treating back at COVID-19. That's the point, yeah, um, that's the point. Yeah, that's the, that's the point that I'm making. Um, like, I, I respect the mental health argument. I'm certainly an advocate of it, but it goes wider uh, than this as well. Um, it goes into things like, you know, I, I've listed getting active after cancer there. Yeah, you, you, um, you, you, you look after 300 people going through cardiac rehabilitation. You look after yeah. three dozen people um, who come to you via Ark House, um, helping them to yeah. get active after cancer. You work with the Cork Local Drug tra- Task Force and you have specific problems with people dealing with coming out of addictions. Uh, you have yeah. numerous referrals from disability support services uh, to help people in that regard. Um, you deal with Parkinson's patients. Uh, you deal with people recovering from stroke. You have a relationship yeah. there with Arthritis Ireland for people who are arthritic. I mean, there's a long list of people whose lives are better for you being open. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's exactly my point. Um, you know, there there is almost... Um, there's almost, you know, there's almost a universal prescription now at the moment for most diseases that if someone can get active, they should be active, that their quality of life goes up. Um, so, like, that's what we're advocating for. Certainly after the, the first lockdown, a lot of the people that we would have seen in from these groups, um, they, would have, they would have suffered from basically physical inactivity. Maybe they weren't as mobile, maybe they, they couldn't walk as far. Etc. We've spent the last twelve to fifteen weeks rebuilding these people, building them up again. Um, Not to mention issues with people with uh, type two diabetes, issues relating to obesity, which is a ticking time bomb. Actually, obesity in Ireland and people's weight. Oh yeah, like we already know that we have an obesity problem in Ireland. Like Sport Ireland this morning launched a campaign to get people over the age of forty-five active, largely because effectively the most obese population is largely in that catchment over 45 at the moment so we're trying to get a physical activity into these people these guys unfortunately what tends to happen is they fall out of team sports in around that age maybe the career comes on maybe family commitments come on but we're trying to get an outlet for these guys to be physically active and one of the ways for them to be physically active one of the ways that's accessible is a gym yeah I know Um, in the north in the north the gym stayed open right Northern Ireland, yes, they've stayed open at the moment. Uh, yesterday in Liverpool as well, they rolled back um, on their Tier 3 restriction in the gym and they actually opened them. Um, and that I, is I, the I, most strict yes. tier, isn't it, in the UK, Tier 3? Yes, yeah. yeah, as far as I'm aware, that is the most strict tier. Um, it's very similar to our Level 5 from what it Do you think that they might roll back here? I'd like them to. I have received no indication from any politician promising that they'll roll back. I'd like them to. I think at this stage, we probably have to respect the public health guidelines and we'd have to try and adapt. I know that I'll be delivering Zoom classes as soon as possible. I'll actually be delivering one tomorrow uh, for the guys there in cardiac rehab and get active after cancer to try and keep them moving. Um, would I like to see them roll back? I, I would, but um, you know, the government at the moment are trying to control a, a very infectious disease. Um, and I, I have to respect that too. Okay, okay. Um, so people, on, if it doesn't happen, will have to come up with regards to their own health and fitness with a plan B. 
Yeah. The 8,000 individual visits a week that you've had, they'll have to come up with another way. They'll have to come up with another way. Now, I do have have a few things that I'd, I'd like to see. So, like, our, our public parks, like as of this weekend, we're going we're going back an hour. It's going to be darker, but our, our parks are not really going to be open. Um, now, some of them don't have the lighting to do this, and I respect that, but there are some of them that do have the lighting to do this, you know, and, and can we get walkways for people to walk that are well lit up, you know, would be something there. Um, I know the GAA at one point had a, a light-up campaign around their clubs. Can we bring that forward um, or something? Uh, like if we can't go back into our gyms, which I, which I want people to be able to go to the gym, I'd, I'd like to see that happen. But if we can't, we're going to have to come up with something because uh, I mean it's hard for me to see people uh, going out into the dark, the cold, and the wet uh, to get physically active. Um, you want you know, some willpower to drive yourself out in a dark, wet night, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, like I, I mean, I'm a marathon runner, Neil. I, I will go out in it. But I'll be honest with you, my determination is tested by going out there. Um, and I would say people, uh, you know, like like some of the vulnerable groups there, Neil, that I've talked about, I talked about false prevention there. Like if somebody is elderly, uh, the wet and the rain, they're not going to go out in that. And I wouldn't advise them to go out in that. They'll slip, they'll fall, you know. I know. Um, no. So like, you know, so probably the best place to have those guys is to have them within a gym, you know. Where they they can be supervised um, and restrictions can be there to um, and you know they can be looked after. Okay, all right. Listen, um, let's see what happens, and maybe there may well be a, ro- a, a rollback. We shall see. Watch the space of the fellow says. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. Appreciate you taking the Thank call. Thank you very much for your time. Mind yourself, There's a new um, there's a new wellness um, craze that apparently is uh, doing the rounds. I just saw an article there recently on the BBC where they're saying cow hugging is the world's new wellness trend. Hug a cow. Uh, you know how people hug trees and things like that? Hug a cow. Just be very careful that you know the difference between a cow and a bull. Yeah. Meanwhile, Katrina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, thank you for asking. I am keeping well. And you're good, and you're good self? I'm great. Thank and, you. And uh, tell me of your last swim last night. Um, so I went up to Planet House Club there off the Commons Road. And... Um, thought I'd just get the last swim in and I was hoping it would be quiet, which it was. But there was an elderly gentleman who I got chatting to in the pool as he was leaving and I just wished him well for the lockdown as he was getting out. And he said, Eric, is a bit depressing. He said, I'm crippled with arthritis. And he said, it's the only thing I have. I come here every day and I walk up and down the pool. Excuse me. And he said, I walk up and down the pool, he said, and it's the only thing that will ease the joint. And he said, I can't walk out on the road because of his condition. And he said, I don't know what way I'm going to be in the next six weeks now without this place. And my heart just like literally went out to him. And I was saying, is there any way at all that they can have, you know, even supervised hours selected the way they do in the supermarkets for even two hours just for people like that to get in there? And he also mentioned two other buddies of his, apparently, that he meets at the pool. Tell me about them. He did, um, and I know the two guys, they're from Dublin Hill, um, Andrew and Jimmy, I was chatting to them a few weeks ago, and one is waiting on a hip replacement, and one just had two knees done in the last couple of months, and they're in there every day, just for pain relief, and for a catch-up, company for And also to build up muscle, build up muscle. Exactly, you know, whatever it is that they need for their health, but it's, I suppose, with the whole gym thing, it's not just for the, you know, the, the young guys that are out fit and healthy, building muscle, these people actually really need it. 
and they're going to suffer, how is that not an essential need for the elderly in the community today? Like? Well, you just give an example of all of the other consequences of this pandemic, you see, and this lockdown and other people's lives that are impacted that aren't COVID-related. Yeah. You've just said it there. One man uh, is crippled with arthritis. The other man is waiting for a hip replacement. The other fellow is using it because he had his knees done. You know, and that's just yeah. you. That's just you. Um, I mean, what would it be like if you were crippled with arthritis and uh, you literally, um, his outlet was swimming. I mean, wh- how, what kind of a situation will he be in six weeks' time with the arthritis? Very bad. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. You I know. asked him when he was leaving, I said, look, you know, have your family at home? Will he be okay? You know, because I was just thinking if he was on his own or anything. And um, he has a wife and he said, my wife comes here as well. You know, there's a great community up there in Planet. I'm only there a few weeks. I just started with the swimming. And they, like the chat and everyone is just lovely in the pool. Everyone is social distancing. The supervision up there has been excellent. People are wiping down all the equipment, even the dumbbells and the way inside in the pool. People are, you know, washing down and putting back safely. Like everyone is just doing what they're told. Yeah, and, and you know what? When you have conversations with like people like your good self, you wonder why they couldn't come up with a better way of doing that for people's physical and mental health if they can allow supermarkets to be open where nothing gets wiped down in the aisles. You know what I mean? Exactly. Sure, you're on top of people inside and when you're doing your shopping. I don't know, I just thought, like, as the previous gentleman there now, Andrew, said, you know, like, we're going into winter months. People are looking for an outlet. And I'm not even, like, whatever about the young people, you know, we can get out for a walk and do whatever. But these are elderly. They don't want to be out on their own in the dark. They're vulnerable, and this is their only little place that they can go, that they can connect, have a bit of company, a bit of banter with their friends and the essential thing for their health so that they're not crippled in six weeks' time. Point and made. then there's going yeah. to be another issue with the health system and the hospital beds and everything else. Good point. Well made. Thank you for that. Take care, Katrina. Uh, I'm in the UCC gym. There is a sanitizer on each machine. You clean it when you get on and you clean it when you get off. You wear your mask when you get off your machine and you move to the next one. The machines are all spread out. Completely safe there, UCC Jim. You book your time slots so the numbers are kept under control. It's very frustrating that they've closed. I'm working full time and doing a night course, uh, but really need an hour in the evening to go to the gym. Uh, for you now, um, you need to come up with a plan B. Uh, comparing the heavy puffing and panting at a gym with kids not wearing masks in school or hairdresser doesn't make sense. Hairdressers are 100% safer than any gym. Go for a walk if you need exercise. If choirs can't go out singing and they shouldn't be panting all over strangers in the gym. And one final one ahead of the break. I'm a gym instructor, and I think it's the right decision to close the gyms. The amount of people that were going into them was creating a massive risk for the spreading of COVID, despite all of the cleaning you can do. It won't stop someone walking in with it and spreading it to others. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Amazing how most people that comment with you who say gyms should be closed are those that never trained in a gym or have seen the lengths that gyms have gone to. The gym that I train in has been sanitized to death. To generalize uh, is just lazy people like the people commenting about closing it. It's the lazy people who want them closed. Can I just also say we don't all go to the gym to run on a treadmill. I suppose it's as much for your mental health as physical. That that text reminds me of one yesterday, which was quite to the point when it said, only fat, lazy people will say, leave gyms closed and leave fast food outlets open. Um, And then uh, some people are saying, uh, the off-licenses are open for everyone's mental health. Really? This is bull. What about people's mental health in rehab after a knee operation, a hip operation? They need the gym, they need the pool. 
We are a joke accepting all of these restrictions. We should close the off licenses. If there's a house party, then the guards give them the power to lift them and take whatever drink is in the house and find the household. Well, that will happen. It'll be a grand, but they need to open the door first. I do feel for all the retail barbers and salons who made great efforts to get their premises ready only to be closed again. Uh, these people empower a joke. They're running the country into the ground. The government are useless. Uh, morning. Stephen says the gyms in Liverpool won a battle to stay open after they went into lockdown. There is hope. Keep fighting gym owners. Uh, I totally agree gyms should be left open. It's nearly November and the weather isn't on our side. It's okay for me. I'm a fitness instructor, so I managed to train myself. I have the gear. Gyms are immaculate and sterile and there have been no cases of COVID. Our government have shown us again they don't give a damn. My mother is also, like a caller yesterday, just gone on antidepressants. This is going to be the new and more serious pandemic a lot of elderly rely on the gym for mobility exercise, which is critical for their physical well-being and their mental health. Not many will have the ability to use, utilize the 5K that the government have awarded us. I wonder, even at that, would there still also be quite an amount of elderly people who would be just too afraid uh, to go to a gym or to interact? You know, I mean, I know that in the past six months, a lot of people who uh, were of the older generation were even very slow to go into a, a restaurant or a pub that served food. Anyway, lines are open on that at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Perhaps the battle isn't lost, but there's a lot goes more goes on in a gym in regards to the physical exercise. I train with Tony Martin, and many people do, and he joins me by phone. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How so are it's you? as much the mental as the physical, the psychological, as and routine, and um, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's about the ritual, Neil. People train, they create a ritual for themselves. That part part of the day is important for them. So, you know, you take that away, like there's more rumination, there's more time to be introspective and a lot less outlet. So there, there is a big cost to it. We'll only be able to measure that, you know, in, in the future. It's hard to kind of measure it now, but there will be an impact from this. Mm-hmm. So if nothing changes now, this is the way it's going to be. People need to come up with their own way of doing things. Isn't that right? It is, but I mean, it, I mean, what it's given us um, in terms of reflecting the effect of the, of the whole COVID and the whole the virus on us is that, you know, individual responsibility is, is very, very important. I mean, if you look at those infected and the infection rates, you know, they, they tend to be people who are kind of more metabolically compromised, like the fitter you are the better chance you have of fighting the virus if you do get infected. So it should be incumbent on everybody, one, to, to look after their health and now so be more aware of the importance of looking after your health because at the end of the day, the fitter you are, the better prepared you are, the more conscientious you are about your health, then the, the better the chance of you coming through you know, as unscathed, as little unscathed. Because unfortunately, a lot of the cases that we hear about around the world were people who with type 2 diabetes or people who are clinically obese. Yeah, well, like, like, this, like it, I've, I've heard people say, you know, there was nothing wrong with him. He was perfectly healthy. You know, everybody gets infected. Everybody reacts to the virus uh, depending on their health and, and how capable their health is. To, to, to fight off the infection. So if your immune response is high, if, if the inflammatory response that that is responsible for most of the deaths is, is pretty low down to your good health, then you, you will survive. A lot of people, like nothing happens, but it is the compromise, the metabolically compromised, the people who have underlying conditions. These are the people who are going to be affected by all diseases, not just alone COVID. That's right, but we could These be here all morning talking about all what morning. the better plan is as to whether the immunocompromised and the elderly and the vulnerable should be the ones who 
should only be asked to step up to the plate. God help them. Um, but yeah. we are where we're at now. The, the, one of the interesting points you were making to the lads is that people who want to stay fit or come up with some sort of health regime shouldn't just go bald-headed at it. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you, you see it, I see it all the time. People, I want to change my life, I want to get started. So all the enthusiasm of the first week leads to absolute burnout. There's a huge exercise load. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, you know, five, six, seven days into it, there's no energy left in the body and they're completely cortisoled out and <laughs> creating a very vulnerable situation for themselves in terms of getting affected because they're going to run run themselves down. So, you know, you need a plan. You need to start at point A, work it forward, think about what you want to achieve, think about your, your goals and your targets um, and, and motivate yourself, you know, by this. And not to fall into bad habits that unfortunately some people did first time round with regards to eating, eating wrong or drinking too much, stuff like that. I mean, talk about the importance of diet for a moment. Well, first of all, you can't out-exercise or outrun a bad diet. So everything should start with an appraisal of your diet. Look at what's best in terms of reaching your goal for you. Look what's within your budget. Look what's within what you can, what you can get. And find a fit that works for you. Now, any type of a diet to work will have to be a restrictive diet initially. So you're going to have to restrict your eating in some capacity. You look at the substrates and the food that you're eating and go for food that, you know, will help you in your goal, will help you trying to achieve what you need to achieve. Difficult time to be asking people to do that, going into a six-week restrictive lockdown to take away their treats and comfort foods. I, I think it's ideal, Neil. I mean, we've all been through it. Everybody's talked about COVID-19, the 19-pound gain. Like, we're all aware of it now. So, like, we have to look on this as an opportunity. We've got to look on this as as a time that we can now put aside before Christmas to get in shape. Use it. Be absolutely productive. Set yourself a target, a realistic target. You're going into this six weeks now and you're at a certain place. Give yourself something to reach for at the end of that six weeks. Look at what you've got to do. Set that goal for yourself. Set that target. To be, a hot, to be a hottie or a beach babe for Christmas. To be a beach babe for the snow, for, to be running up and down the floods on Patrick Street. No, no, for the, tw- for the 12 Dang. pubs, maybe. For the 12 pubs, you can swim the 12 pubs where all the floods we're having, and you can have your Speedos on, and you can have your budgie. Get, get in shape in the next six weeks for the 12 pubs of Barrack Street. <laughs> for the 12 pubs of Barrack Street, run up and down in your, uh, your little shorts and bikini. Rip to the bone. You'd be, but you'd be an advocate of keto, right? Um, low carb. I mean, keto has bad has got a lot of bad press because people don't understand it. Um, like, if you want to get an effect of something, it's low carb. And as a result of the sicknesses now, what they're looking at, like the, the, the main thing to come out of COVID is that all the deaths are caused by mass inflammation. Uh, the plus side of that is that the science over the last two or three years has been looking at the anti-inflammatory effects of low-carbohydrate diets. So those engaged with like any ongoing metabolic issues, lots of the advice now is to is, is to work with low carbohydrate and low keto. What, would the, what are the good carbs and the bad carbs then? Um, well, from my perspective, the refined carbohydrates are the ones that we should be avoiding, like the plague. That's all processed food. So anything that will be assimilated easily into your system, 
like any sugars, sweets, cakes, biscuits, any any stuff that's very, very easy to digest and will spike our blood sugars, they should be avoided or they should be eaten in conjunction with other foods which will slow the absorption down. Now, let, let's not demonize any type of food here or any type of habits from anybody. Let's look at the cause and effect of the foods on our systems at particular times. Now, the time of the day when everybody wants the comfort is the evening time. That's when you sit down with your tea and your biscuits. Possibly the worst time to eat your high sugar foods at because you're trying to load up your body with a load of sugar. Ah, yeah, but come on, a cup of tea and two chocolate digestives. Give me a break. Hey, hang on a second. It's it, That's okay if it's not the habit, but, you know, when it's the habit and it's every evening, like, oh, what's the difference between two or three? Where do you draw the line? You've got to make these issues black or white. Eating in the evening time, not the best time to eat and possibly the worst time for getting your body to repatriate its nutrients and get its metabolism right is to eat the time. The best time to, you know, cut the food and have a little break from the food is four hours before you go to bed. Yeah. Because if you go to bed empty, then the body has a far greater chance for sorting out its energy balance in that time. And when you go to sleep for the first hour of sleep, starts off anew and gets your hunger and your diurnal rhythm, gets everything sequenced again. But when we throw a load of food and drink into it before we go to bed, it makes it a little bit more difficult for it to do. And accumulatively over time then, this ends up with all the issues that people have as they start getting older. And it leads to the COVID stone and then the second and the third. So what would an ideal daily diet look like? Well, I would get up and I, again, I'd eat whole foods, stuff, foods that you like, food, you know, if, if you're out of condition, first of all, then you need to restrict. You need to go on a target diet. You need to know what you're doing. You need to restrict your diet and you need to have a target in terms of what you've got to lose. So that's burning fat then. Yeah, okay. That, that's, that's a restrictive diet. Now, there are ways then and there are restrictive diets that help uh, are better, that you can cope with better. So you, you've got to find the one that works for you. The one I suppose the whole time is, is a keto-based diet and a very, very low-carbohydrate-based diet. That's done for like four to six weeks. Of well, what? Just, just talk to me briefly about what would that involve eating. Well, it's all the high-protein, kind of lower-fat um, food ends. Like I, I'm a big fan of egg white omelets in the morning with your, your tomatoes, your onions, your, your, your mushrooms, um, cooked with a little bit of olive oil. Uh, mid-morning then, um, a big fan of soup, you know, chicken broth-based uh, soups with uh, veg and some extra bits of protein into it. Meals then would be um, whole foods like chicken, uh, turkey, uh, white fish, lean cuts of meat with um, a, a portion of green veg um, mid-afternoon, another soup, and mid-evening then between six and seven, your 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 largest kind of protein meal of the day and nothing after that then. Sounds and, like uh, as if you're a monk out on the skelligs with that. Where are the poppies and the butter and the chips weeks, and the gravy? In, you know, it, it's monk, it's chunk, it's drunk, or it's hunk. You know, <laughs> that's what's going to come out of the whole house. <laughs> Did you just make that up? <laughs> it just came to me there from, the, from, from nowhere. So I love it. And then the from, the, from the point of view of exercise, can people get equipment anywhere? Is it possible to buy or rent dumbbells or is is it just a case of just getting out and running or like weight, weight training or I, I, what? I would have a small, I would, I would have, I, I have a big mix. You know, when you, when you do resistance training, that's going to put a lot of emphasis on your, your muscular system to maintain muscle mass while you're restricting diet or, or while you're trying to achieve something. Yeah, but they need so equipment for that. Not necessarily. The body weight, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of body weight exercises being developed out there now, especially in the light of the last lockdown where people didn't have access to it. Anybody who was selling equipment, they were sold out within weeks. You couldn't get your hands on anything. I was inundated with people that I'd known asking me for equipment and I, I couldn't facilitate. Mm. So like chinning bars, dips, press-ups, uh, dips on chairs, press-ups, 
sleeping lounges, squats, step ups. There, there's our they don't need any equipment, any of those, by and large. Essentially, no. But I mean, if you had a bit of equipment, a small bit, a set of dumbbells, then you could multiply exponentially the amount of exercise and the amount of applications with those dumbbells. So if you had access to something that you could hold your weight on, like a chilling bar or something that you could make and stick over your door, and access to, say, four, five, six kilogram dumbbells, then there are trillions of exercises you can do that will keep you in good stead through the lockdown. Of okay, so let's find a core company that's selling those products then, the dumbbells, the chin-up exercise, the one you you hang that off the door frame. I've got one of those, yeah. and away you go. But a lot of yeah. them can be done by just following online YouTube videos, right? Yeah, there's a nice little one. You could, you could um, uh, drill two little pieces of wood together um, a two by two on a two by one and drill it onto your door frame and that will allow you to get a nice grip and, and start hanging off your door. Now make sure that you're putting it into the door frame and you know that it's on, on a good footing Absolutely. otherwise you fall off on your chinning and you break your head. Absolutely. He survived the COVID but he broke his back. That's he right. Broke his neck. <laughs> he never got COVID but he broke his neck. Listen, thanks for the update. Look after yourself. We'll talk again soon. Not a bother Cheers as always. Bye-bye. Instructor Bye-bye. Tony Martin on 086 uh, by phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. Back in a minute. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. No time did I not promote the wearing of masks. My son, anyway, here it is. My son and two nieces are medics and I think it's a disgrace that a disc jockey would be going against professional medics. Uh, it's a while now since I've been called a disc jockey. I know two people who got COVID, a mild dose, but the long-term effects are very debilitating. For example, terrible joint pain, extreme fatigue and hair loss. Months after they were tested positive, singing or busking without a mask is not allowed as COVID is transmitted by droplets. Should have made that clear uh, to the busker. Get your facts right and stop criticising the professionals. Well, it's unfortunate that you think that. I don't believe that I was criticising anybody nor was advocating that people shouldn't wear a mask, but I think of a busker is in the middle of a street on his own playing a few tunes as people pass by where can be the harm in that if you stay a little bit distant from him but anyway we leave it at that don't give up my details I work on a very busy off license in town in Cork I listen to you and look at social media and I don't understand the negativity towards us off licenses being open since Covid began we were at work we're in work two hours earlier than opening, cleaning and sanitizing the store. Uh, we have a sanitizer station and screens up and all the staff are wearing masks. Well, we only have a certain amount of customers allowed in at any given time. Most customers are regular people who want a G&T or a bottle of wine or a few craft beers to relax at home for the weekend, which is when we're busy during the weekends. During the week, it's quiet, depending on a match on television. We're here mostly taking in deliveries Monday to Wednesday. Of course, some people abuse alcohol. We are very kind to anyone we think is in difficulty. If I refuse someone, they have plenty of other places to go. If off-license hours are reduced, then it will cram people together trying to come at one time. A lot of elderly people enjoy a drink and come in early when it's quieter. A lot of people might pop in after work and then... Uh, until 10pm, it's quite scattered. If off-license is shut, you'll put thousands more people out of jobs signing for a COVID payment and put more pressure. Uh, also, I don't know if people realise off-licenses in a supermarket have the same rules as an independent off-license and will have the same rules. I don't blame the chipper for my COVID stone, do I? Most people are following the rules from the government. It's a minority who are adults and should know better to have house parties. If we were only even open for one hour a day... 
people will still get their drink. Thank you. Still love listening to your show. My apologies to many, many texts and emails that I didn't get on air. It's just that busy, but we will pick it up tomorrow, Friday, and hopefully lighten the mood even more, uh, particularly if you're coming up with your own COVID challenges. And I'll have some gifts and prizes and giveaways for that. So email neil at redfm.ie, text 0868104106. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.